after being escorted out of one too many VA mental health assessments, two veterans turned to podcasting as their last hope for group therapy. This week, we dive into the broken welfare state, reminisce on the idiot soldiers we worked with while in the military, our unfiltered opinions and solutions for defunding the police, and the absolute embarrassment that was the Nate Robinson versus Jake Paul fight. All this and more on Real Talk with Monty and Tim. What is going on? This is your oh-so-beloved and glorious Mace Valor, uh, otherwise known here on Real Talk with Monty and Tim as Monty. And I am the lovable, sexy, yet mysteriously dangerous Birdman, a.k.a. Tim. <laughs> Mysterious? <laughs> Mysterious? <laughs> Well, it ain't going to be much of a mystery when we're done with this show today. Yeah, right. We're going to know everything about you. <laughs> and what is going on today? This is going to be the first episode of Real Talk with Monty and Tim. How does it? How is it going, Tim? How are, how are you surviving in this current apocalyptic landscape that we call America? Oh, I'm loving it. Um, it this fits right in my wheelhouse, man, because I don't like people anyway. So this social distancing <laughs> thing, is just, I mean, it, it works perfect for me. So I'm loving it. I'm Hi. loving it. Please, I'm, I'm rooting for COVID. You know, I'm just, I'm just saying. Because plus, I can get rid of some people I don't like anyway. Too. I'm about to walk around with COVID and a freaking one of them, um, them sprayers that be spraying pesticides with. I'm about to just be spraying people. Uh, here's the thing that gets me about social distancing, right? I'm fine with it too. I encourage it because I, I, I don't like going out to the store. I don't like the crowds. I hate it. Oh, right. God, yeah. But the thing about social distancing that I noticed even early on in this pandemic was, you know, those uh, like the self-checkouts, yes. you know, love um, them. I love them. But ever since the pandemic, people are far more impatient. Uh, they're just rude as hell. So I'll go to the one because they have the ones where it's just the tiny little one. And then they have the one with the conveyor belt. Right. right? So I'll go to the conveyor belt ones. I put my stuff up. I check out. Mm-hmm. Right. But the moment that there's any space on my conveyor belt these fucking assholes will come up and start loading their shit up. And then like, I'm trying to pay and I have my bags right there. And they're like, like right up on my ass. Like what the hell is wrong with you? Like, aside from the fact that we have a pandemic, like I'm still sitting here doing my transaction. Can you give me some space? You know, it's, it kind of made sense in the world before where you would have, uh, people that would work in at the registers and you want to keep the line moving. So it made sense that, you know, you would put the little divider up and load your shit up for the next yes. person. That's not the status anymore. No. That's not how we're working no. shit. You know, stay the fuck away from me. Well, that wasn't how it but, was before me anyway. I tell people back the hell up. And when I put my last item up there and then she picks it last time, you can start putting your stuff down. I don't care if your damn fingers are turning blue because it's shit you're holding. I don't care. Backs the fucks up. My thing is, like, let me grab my receipt. Because when I have my receipt in hand, that's your indication that I'm done. Right. Ugh. Anyway, it, can't stand people before COVID, can't stand people during COVID. Well, not going to stand thing I like to do, you know, to keep people um, at, a di- at a distance when I'm, I'm there, um, I like to go to Walmart uh, with a Speedo and a tank top with my tank top tucked into my Speedo wearing flip flops and a straw cowboy. Hat. Oh, my God. Um, that way they were like, you know what? I don't think I want to be near this guy. So therefore, I mean, it's cool. Yeah, I did. I started doing this thing when I was when I was first writing my book, Shelter, Shameless Plug, plug uh, just for for all you listening out there. Um, this 
podcast is officially unofficially sponsored by my book shelter uh it's about a post-apocalyptic world uh, a year after this event known as the reset which made all money worthless Ooh. if that tickles your fancy ch- check out the link um to shelter it's available on amazon right now uh kindle version for only a dollar you're gonna love it anyway when i was writing this there's a character in the book that's deaf right and i got this idea because i live out in vegas right, right? There's a lot of homeless people here. Every time I walk into the gas station, there's someone that wants to uh, like beg for money. Right, or right. And, you know, my heart goes out to them, this, that, and the other. But, you know, when you break things down statistically, they're not as hard off as, as they seem to be. This isn't like the 1920s with the guys hopping on railroad cars and shit like that. I right. Love, we have services available. So what I did was because I was inspired by my own writing that there's this character that's deaf and he does sign language. I don't fucking know sign language, which, you know, it's kind of stupid because I wrote a fucking deaf character that uses sign language. So how the hell did I do that? Somehow I was able to pull it off. It is, uh, but, it is buddy. So I, what I would do is, is I would pretend that I was deaf. So when people would like come up begging for money or whatever, or just strangers in general at the store, uh, like I get this a lot at Target. I don't even wear like Target colors. But I still get random people that are shopping there asking me where shit is. And it's like, I don't work here, you know? So instead of having to socially interact with people, I pretend that to do sign language. And I love people's reactions because they get so like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Like, if you get a guy that walks up, it's like, oh, man, you got a couple bucks, man. You really need a fix, man. Um, and you just start, like, doing, like, the weird uh, shit with your hands. Like, they don't fucking know what right, it means. Right. And they're like, oh, shit, I'm sorry. And what I'll do is, is I'll even take a step forward. Like, like, well, I can't hear you. Let me do my little sign language thing. And they start backing up. And it worked for a while until, uh, you know, like ran into someone that knew sign language. <laughs> and that was awkward as hell. You know, you know what I like to do? Uh, see, you know, uh, okay, if you see most people when you're walking somewhere, you know, it's Walmart, walking on the street, whatever. Most people don't make eye contact, right? So if I... I, I'm always, you know, I always make eye contact, uh, and I've been like that um, definitely ever since I've been in the military, uh, especially after my first experience, my first deployment to Iraq. You know, I I, I no longer walk with my head down. Uh, I, I'm always looking forward. I'm scanning in front of me. I always glance behind me every once in a while, but I'm always looking. So I always make eye contact. And most people say, you know, you never want to make eye contact with somebody who, who's begging for money or, or this, this, and that. You know, because then, then they're gonna they're gonna think they should approach you. See me, I don't mind it. Now this is why, because sometimes what I'll do is, if I see them, I'm like, oh, that motherfucker wants some money, and I'm like, oh, I want some information. So I go up to them, and they walk up there and say, hey man, you got some money? I said, and I'll I'll go up and say something like, yeah, you know, I got some money for you, but I might need your help, um, finding a place to dump a body. You know a good place to dump one? <laughs> and, like, I did that one time. And the guy... Pig farm, man. Pig farm. The guy's, the guy's face was like, what? He's like, no, man, I can't help you, bro. I said, are you sure, man? I'll give you, like, I'll give you 40 bucks. No, man, I'm, I'm good. I'm good, man. I, 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 I'll go down to the, uh, the shelter. I was like, okay, man. Well, look, man, I'm going to be here for about another 30, 40 minutes, man. So if you change your mind, uh, just meet me right here. And I walk off. <laughs> you know, there was a time... There was a time in my life where, you know, a homeless shelter was an option mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. me. And I went through the process and everything. And then, you know, fortunately, I still had a vehicle. Right. And I 
did the process with um, the, the VA hooked me up with social services and stuff. Yeah, I, do, I go through the process and then I pull up to the location and just looking at the outside of it, I was like, nope, I'll, I'll sit in my car. It's nope, I am That's not correct. doing this. Uh, not at all. And, you know, because like they have like the, the tent city outside oh, wow. and, you know, and that that a lot of that system is kind of because having been someone that's kind of gone through the process of being homeless and transitioning and trying to find, you know, affordable housing and all this stuff, um, it's it's not it's not very wonderful. Like they don't really stack the program up to push people mm-hmm. out. They stack it up to keep them in yeah. that position. Depends. You know, like and one of the yeah, one of the big things, yeah, keeping them dependent on the state. And one of the big things that I noticed was is dollar thresholds. If you make even a penny over their dollar threshold, they remove you from any kind of financial assistance which program. Which is crazy to me. Which, which that's the kind of thing that could help people. You know, I, I'm kind of like against the whole welfare as a whole, but from the angle of keeping people down, if we're going to have welfare, we need to have it designed in such a way to yes. bring people up. And, you know, I've had conversations like this before where it's like my idea. It's like have like you need some sort of of, of time period yes. between. It's like, oh, you're making more money now. You found a place to live. Like these are all really good things. OK, we're going to reevaluate you in like four to six months or however long. And we're going to see how your your finances are doing and to see if we can transition you off right. of our program, because that will help people for mm-hmm. the long term instead of keeping people at the bottom because they know that they're going to be safe and comfortable there. It's like bare minimum that you get from the state, but it's at least enough yes. to survive um, barely. But, you know, you put people in this mindset. So as long as I stay here, as long as I stay comfortable with this dollar amount, then I'll be set. We're not really encouraging people to really right. better themselves. Now, see, my thing to go along with that is, um, see, I, like, I mean, like you said, um, it's, it's important, you know, if, if you need the help, great. Uh, but where I where I where I have a problem with it and I struggle with it is, you know, I've talked to you know, I've talked to people you know been on both sides where they really need the help, you know they go seek the help. Uh, once they get the help, they utilize that help, and they do put themselves in a better position. But then you get the you get the ones where where this conversation always has to come up because of these type of people where they just they get on welfare or some type of assistance and they stay there. And, and the thing that yeah. gets me is that there's no real um, how do I want to say? Uh, checks. There's no real follow through on on the information that's being given to these agencies about these people that are needing the help, and then they don't really follow up with it. You know, it's just hey, you just keep filling out your paperwork, or hey, you just you know keep going online and doing this and doing that, and they're not actually coming out and checking their situation. Okay, wait a minute. So you saying that you need help because you have eight kids? You know it. Yeah, and I mean, it's sad because I, I actually know somebody that's, that was like that, you know, and, you know, she just didn't want to do anything. Well, it got to the point where I, I think what I think it was it was kind of fucked up. But what happened was she actually met this guy. He was a great guy. I liked him. Um, and, you know, he was. You know, that's I really know, saying I don't something. Anybody. Um, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> unless, unless unless they get my humor, you know, saying like you and I, we're great. You know what I'm saying? Love you, buddy. But. um yeah, so yeah, oh, fuck you. anyway, so, <laughs> so anyway, you know, he, he you know didn't head on his shoulders. I mean, he wasn't like like I'm not gonna say he was overly financially stable, but he was trying his best to make it. And they were together for probably about a year, year and a half. 
And he just got to the point where it's like, look, you're not trying to do anything to improve your situation. You know, and he said, there's, it's not guaranteed that I'm always going to be around. And eventually they end up breaking up. And after that, I think she finally realized I've got to do something. You know, and it's, it's, it's sad that it took that for her. Because like I said, number one, this, and, and look, ladies, you know, in any single mothers out there, first of all, you guys, it's a hard job. You know, even if you're with somebody, but especially if you're a single mother, it's hard. I, I get it. I understand. Um, but if you're one of those single mothers that continually just have children and continually just have children as if you're a freaking breeding animal and you're just popping out freaking litter, <laughs> you Christ. know, I mean, that's completely different because a lot of these women, they'll go out and they'll say, Hey, shoot, I get, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the going rate for having a baby is these days, but, um, I get four or $500 assistance per kid. So shoot, I'll go out and have four or five kids. You know, I'm ba- I'm banking. You know what I'm saying? I go find me uh, you know, a low income house because I don't really have an income because they don't really count. I mean, they I think they do, but I don't know if they really do count the income they get from the assistance um as their actual income coming in. So they can get low income housing or apartments or whatever and only pay like maybe because I know one I know I have a friend of mine and she um she had well she only had she had she had one child but the apartment she was staying in she was only paying i think 50 to 75 dollars a month for a 450 to 500 dollar apartment because she fell in that oh, category because wow. she wasn't making she had a job but she wasn't making enough to where um well she, she was making enough to where she fell under the threshold so she got the assistance so they dropped her rent down you know but even though I dropped her rent down because she was getting that extra money for her child and she was getting the extra assistance, this girl had a freaking brand new, and at that time it was, a, it was a 2016. So she had a brand new 2016 um, uh, Jeep uh, Cherokee. Brand new, zero miles, went out and bought it. And I'm like, and at the time oh I'm driving God. a 2000 freaking Silverado, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, I'm like my transmission's going out. I mean, my engine's about to blow, you know. And I'm and I'm working a legit job, making some pretty decent money, but still barely getting by, um, to pay my bills and do everything else. I'm like, what the? Like, shoot, I, I might as well, you know, have like some more kids. You know, what I'm saying to just <laughs> see if I can get some assistance or something. But I mean, it's just stuff like that. Like, it, I, I get that people need help. I mean, hey, like I said, I'm doing okay financially not where i want to be um and it's and i'm working towards improving that uh with the schooling i'm going i'm going through right now it's going to put me in a better position to actually you know make more money but you know it's 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 just crazy how you know you get in a situation like that and you get some people that just want to stay there and why is because they think it's easier and what they're not realizing now you're bringing up you got your kids in that situation. Now you're bringing them up to become dependent on the system. Yeah. It's, it's, it's one of those like never ending cycles. You know, you kind of kids learn from their parents and the positions the never that their parents ending are in. Story. You know, <laughs> <of> bullshit. 
So transitioning to finances, I, I want to take a moment to say that, hey, if you guys like this content, you guys want to hear more and you want to hear it early, check out our Patreon. Uh, uh, Real Talk with Monty and Tim, link will be down, be down below, or patreon.com slash realtalkmt. Uh, that's or you how you can find us. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cash out Tim directly. Yeah, you can do that too. Uh, you guys get Patreon only behind the scenes content, uh, you know, testing that we've done, conversations that we do that won't be aired out um, on the typical show. Um, you get shout outs at the end of the show. Um, and of course, you get a complete uh, post archive of different things that we will be loading up there from pictures to articles. I mean, I'm a writer. It's what I do. Uh, Tim might, you know, throw up the occasional risque lewd pick, you know, just so you can see his wonderful glory. Yes. Uh, yeah, I'm you never know. No, that's not going to happen. We're not only fans. <laughs> <laughs> it's just pictures of you mean, mon- mean mugging like, in a banana like hammock. That, uh, Great. Forever a uh, uh, meme picture that goes out of Samuel L. Jackson and, um, what was that movie? Uh, <laughs> oh God, with uh, gosh, Jesus, Mary, Mother Joseph. Um, God bless. I, I love that movie too. Uh, oh, I love that yeah, movie. I have no he, idea what it's he, called. He looks like an old time slave. He walks around mostly in the movie with a wife beater on. He's got black oh, Black Snake, Snake Mountain. That's what it is. Because I was about to say Justin Timberlake. Um, but yeah, I love that movie. Is Justin Timberlake in that movie? Uh, no, Brittany Murphy no. was. Uh, yeah, Brittany that Murphy was in it. No, Black Snake Mountain. Murphy wasn't that chick that was in there. I swear to God. I swear. Not. Hold on. I'm going gonna... I'm to look it up right now. I am too. Black Snake Moan. Uh, 2006. Uh... Oh, Christina go. Ricci. <laughs> oh, <laughs> never mind. That's a Damn. Name, uh, Monday off of Adam. Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Sunday, Wednesday. Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, everything is hotter down south. It fucking looks like like a it port, like I'm looking at the, the poster <laughs> for it. I mean, they don't like really show anything, but it's definitely it's definitely sexual content. Probably something your eight year old probably should not be watching. And if they are, that's cool. No. They're cool in my book. Anyways. So keeping back on topic, uh, we talked about Patreon, and yeah, you definitely check that out. So, obviously, we're vets, right? And with vets come stories and experiences, and did stupid people in the military, man. I was one of them. Do you remember the 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 fucking the scam that was the Miles oh program? So, so all right. So, for those of you listening that don't understand what the Miles program is. Um, car dealerships, almost exclusively near uh, military installations, have a deal called the Miles Program. What it is is it's a program to get you into a vehicle for zero down, or or like five hundred bucks, or some small amount. And what it does is it puts in an allotment, so it automatically takes the payment yep. from yep. your checks, right? And the way the program's designed is that they target military, young military with crazy, crazy high interest rates, right? And so when you go in, they kind of make it seem that, oh, with our with our program, there's not really any room for adjustments or anything. If that's the car you want, this is what you're gonna be paying, go ahead and sign. 
there's always room for negotiation with these things. And they really screw you with the interest rates because that's how these dealerships make their money. And oh boy, there were so many people that, you know, once they get to their duty station, they get a car. Uh, now, I will the say, miles I, program. I, will say this I think with me. Now, if you are now, yes, it is, it's a scam. Um, and it's the, he's not lying about the interest rates. Um, but I will say this. If you are getting into the military, you are young. Um, you're single, especially if you're single, uh, and you really don't have anything else because if you're single, you're living in the barracks, which means you're not paying for rent, you're not paying for electricity, you're not paying for any utility, um, you're not really paying for anything. So most of the time, all you usually have is a cell phone, um, or because yeah, we had Wi-Fi in the barracks, right? Right? No, it's not like, very good Wi-Fi, get, but yes, you could get internet. Um, but the thing was, like I said, I mean, it, it, you're not really paying for anything. And plus, if you're in a unit that deploys, you're getting you're getting hella bank when you get deployed. Now, I will, like I said, I will say, no, it's not a it, no not no, it's not an ideal thing, and it's it it will kind of kill you. But what they normally do is they look at how much time you have on your contract, on your military contract, and they can spread that payment out throughout your your entire military contract. So. If you do need a car, like I said, and you're just and you have no other way to get one, I mean, if if you don't mind paying the high interest rate uh, or where the payment's going to be, yeah, go ahead, go ahead and do it. I don't really give a damn because I'm not paying for it. I got my own car. Um, you can suck one, but anyways, um, yeah, you can do it, but yeah, like he said, it, it's <clears throat> crazy. Continue, continue. Yeah, I had a I had a car. Uh, that I went through the miles program. And the reason why I did it is because my transmission yeah. was going out in mine. And so I traded it in for the down payment and then got the car through the miles program. And th- I mean, that's been done and paid off. And there's a long screwed up story that goes involved with that car, but maybe yeah, we'll talk about good. it another time. But, you know, but since then, since I've been out of the military, when I first got out of the military, one of the stupidest things I did because I needed a car and I lived up in Washington, my, fu- my dumb ass went and fucking got a, what it was like a it was brand new off the lot but it was a model from the year prior it was a 2015 dodge avenger i loved that car but um the payments were extremely high the insurance was extremely high because you have to get you know because it's a loan you have to get you know the Uh, top of the line insurance for it so yeah my payments were grizzly and i you know this is broke oh man i think 600 it was like 600 because my credit sucked oh, and I didn't God. put anything down and I didn't oh, really okay. negotiate neither. Like I did all the wrong, I did all the wrong moves. So it was like $300 a month just for the insurance God, and then like man. $600 a month for, yeah, yeah, stupid. And obviously that, that car got repoed, but yeah, you know, kind of is what it is. You live yeah. and learn. It's since it's, it's been paid off and taken care of since then, but man, did it haunt me for a long period of time and the day that my car was repoed man i was living in orange county and i was working on a on a independent film and i was doing the editing for it and i was going to go to the uh the library and i was staying at my stay the night at my girlfriend's house and i was going to go to the library in mission Mm. to go work on this thing right and thank god i had the computer with all the video files and everything in my backpack in the room with me so when i went out to go leave, I look at where I parked my car and I'm looking around like, where the hell is it? You know, and the first thing I'm thinking, it's like, well, this is a safe neighborhood. What if it was broken into and stolen? 
you know, because you do the thing where you, you walk out and you do the clicker. It's like, <laughs> I thought I parked it here. Where's it at? And you start clicking around. And then I start looking for broken glass on the ground. And then, you know, finally I call the, the local police, uh, not the emergency line. I call the, the straight line and they run the, the license plate number and they tell me it's repoed and because I bought the car in Washington, but they found me all oh, the way down in Orange County, California. So they'll get you. If it's theirs, they'll get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But dude, check this out. And so I needed it. I had stuff in the car. So at least the things that that was like my hard reset because the military lost all my household goods from Korea. Well, not from Korea, but the ones oh, yeah. when I left New York that were in storage, they lost those, <laughs> which surprise, surprise. So I didn't have anything that I lived with in New York, only the stuff I took with me to Korea. The stuff that I had with me in Korea that I then moved with me to California. And then eventually I had, when I was moving from my hometown of Menifee to Orange County, I had every final possession that belonged to me in that vehicle. And the vehicle was then repossessed. So all I had left was the oh, freaking backpack that I had. And when I called and they told me where it was repoed to, it was repoed like two and a half hours away. And I had no way of getting there to get my shit. And on top of it, I was completely broke at the time. And so I couldn't like even afford the gas to get all the way up there, even if I could get a ride. So, and on top of that, it was like, they wanted like $80 because just for me to access my stuff, you know, even if I was going to leave the car there just to access my stuff, I had to pay money for. And I'm like, are you serious? Like, well, if you have a car seat, we'll allow you to get that, but that's it. And it's like, whatever. So that was like a big hard reset for me. And that's kind of where, you know, the whole mindset of material possession is not really meaning a whole lot. They really don't for me, because having that happen to me, like everything being gone like that, it kind of turns your mind to where it's like, you know, well, the only material, material possessions don't matter me much. is my Xbox, uh, my iPad, <laughs> my iPhone, uh, my big screen TV, uh, my new car now. Um, uh, well, that's the, the agreement with me and the missus. If me and her ever split, I get the couch oh, and the I'm TV. She can take everything else. I'm not leaving. If I can't have it, I'm burning <laughs> it down. So... Oh yeah. Does Desiree listen to your I told, stuff? I told her this. I've heard it. I'm, I'm burning everything down. Hey girl, write this down. <laughs> Remember this. Um, so what about what about you? So, because I remember seeing a lot of people in the military making really stupid financial decisions, but you going from a combat MOS to a support MOS, okay. you had to see some really idiotic moves. Okay, well, just in general, just day to day living. Combat uh, MOS uh, Eleven Bravo. First of all, everybody in that in that MOS is dumb as fuck. Um, because... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like, like a pre- it's like a prerequisite, nah, you know. Can't you can't join. Oh wait a minute, you got a you got a, a sixty? I mean, you must have got your fucking name right. All right, outstanding. You go ahead. Um, <laughs> get like twenty five just for writing your name. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so like, oh, like wait, everyone's like Forrest Gump. That means you wrote your name right and you got the right date. Good job, you're infantry. Let's go. Um, but <laughs> but anyway, okay, okay. So the funny thing about it was like when I joined, I actually on my ASVAB, I actually scored a, I think was a 120. Um, which it was so nice. funny because you should have seen me look on my my um my recruiter space right because I came in. You know, I did I scored pretty good on the uh, the pre ASVAB, 
And so he's like, oh, you should be fine. And so I get in there, you know, take the ASVAB. He gets my score back. He said, geez, you scored a 120. And so he pulls out this book. He said, now you can choose from all these jobs. And he starts going through the list. I said, I want infantry. He's like, what? <laughs> he's like, I was like, I want infantry. He's like, oh, God. what the fuck? Why would you do that? <laughs> it's like, he's like, he's like, look, it's not like the movies. I said, I know it ain't the damn movies. I said, but it does give the biggest payout for a bonus. So I want it. Because <laughs> for me, it was, it was about the money. Like, when I joined, I mean, the reasons for me joining were, the, well, actually, I really only had one main reason, and that was my uh, my daughter. Um, I just just had a first, my, my firstborn. Uh, she was a preemie. Uh, her mother went into labor. She ended up having a, what they call, I think it's preeclampsia. Um, and so, like, her blood pressure shot up, and it was it was such a crazy, crazy moment when it all happened. Yeah, yeah. Fake, okay. Yeah, okay. Um, the missus had that, too. Um, yeah. caused by stress of yeah, dating yeah. me. So, so. Yeah, and I know, I know I, <laughs> I stressed her out a lot. Um, but anyways, um, so it was so crazy because I had a basketball tournament. Uh, and it's like I said, before I joined the military, I was out of college. Uh, I was working for the local cable company at that time in Wichita, Kansas. And, uh, oh, that's, I got some great stories for that too. But anyways, um, I was working for the local cable company. And so I went to um, a basketball tournament at the Genesis Health Club there. And just got done. Uh, we just won that tournament. Just got done. We were sit- I was sitting there, you know, shooting shit with the guys, you know, putting my changing my shoes and everything. And, and she calls me, and I was like, "Hey, what's up, babe?" She's like, uh, "I'm not feeling too well." And I was like, "What's wrong?" She's like, "You know," she's like, "You know, I, I kind of got a headache and my stomach's hurting." I was like, "I'll be right there." So get to the house or apartment, sorry, because definitely couldn't afford a house. But anyways, get to the apartment. <laughs> And you know, I go in there. Nah. Okay, you know, everything okay. I look at her, and she didn't. She didn't really look too good. So I was like, "Look, I'm just gonna go ahead and take it to the ER. Um, I don't want to. I'm not even gonna take any chances or anything like that." So take her to the ER, um, and they get her in the bed. Her blood pressure was was high. Uh, I think I wanted to say it was like 120. Oh no, it was 154 over 115. And so you know, they're, they're you know trying to you know get her calm, you know, try to lower her blood pressure. And, the, and one of the nurses over there talking to me, she's like, and I'm just staying there. I'm not, I mean, I, I'm not going to say I was emotionless, but I wasn't over emotional um, because I just, you know, just want to make sure she's okay. But I didn't want her seeing me panicking because I knew that was going to, you know, make her go getting worse. So the nurse standing over talking to me and she's like, um, hey, you know, you know what, sir, it's going to be okay. You know, we're working to help her out. This is that. And I just kind of looked at her and I said, Please don't waste your time talking to me. Uh, she's about to have a seizure, and she's kind of she looks at me. She's like, "What do you mean?" And she looks oh, over at her, and all of a sudden, then her eyes roll in the back of her head. Well, I could see that she she first just stopped moving completely, and then I I seen her left hand and her pinky was just twitching like crazy, and I was like, "She's about to have a seizure," and she looks like, "What are you talking about?" She looks over, and, and then so as soon as she looked over, she has a seizure. So they rushed her into the, they rushed her into immediate uh, uh, oh, emergency no. surgery, and that's when the doctor, you know, got in there and told me he's like, "Yeah, this is what she's got. This is what's going on. We've got to take the baby, or neither one of them are going to have a chance of surviving." So of course they do all that. So she was born three months early, and she was one pound three and a half ounces. Dude, okay. Oh let me put my this in god, that's tiny. Her dude. first outfit I bought her 
why she uh right before she got her to get released from the hospital, I bought it from a build a bear store. I bought a little outfit, a little dress. It was like a little sundress type thing. Um, and it was still too big for her. And it was one of the smallest bears they had. Oh, dude. And so and it was still too big for her. That's, so that's how, that, I mean, that kind of puts in perspective of how small she was. So anyway, so, you know, we're going through it and, you know, and I'm, and I'm, you know, talking to the doctor, you know, we're talking to the doctors, you know, they both come out of it, you know, fine. Um, well, I mean, it's for my daughter, it's fine as she could be, you know, for being born that early. Um, but you know, we're talking and, you know, they're talking, they're talking about, you know, this is a possible thing she's going to need in the future. And I'm just thinking that's going to be a lot of money. I'm not working a job, you know, that's going to pay that. Um, cause I'd gotten re- recently got laid off from the, from the cable company I was working at, which would have definitely helped, but I got recently laid off and her job didn't supply the type of insurance that we were going to need. So I was like, no, I got to do something. Ended up running to a buddy of mine. He was like, yeah, I'm about to go back to some milkers. He served. Um, got out and think about going back in, which I'm still looking for him because that fucker bailed on me at the last minute. But anyways, um, so I joined, and my whole reason was because I needed to take care of my daughter. I needed I needed to do something um, that I knew that insurance wise, medically she was going to be taken care of, uh, and that would give me a better and, and give me a better um, uh, way financially to take care of her. And so that's the reason why I joined. And that's the reason why I joined. That's the reason why I took infantry because of the simple fact, higher bonus payout for signing. Um, and then if anything, if I got deployed and anything happened to me insurance wise, um, oh yeah, she'd be covered. She'd be taken care of. They'd be covered. Yeah. So <clears throat> I, that was my whole main reason for joining. So, I mean, I, I, I joke about, you know, joining the infantry and, and being a dumbass for doing that, but wasn't a dumbass. It was, it was purely, you know, at the time me being a father and, and willing to sacrifice myself, um, if that meant taking care of my daughter. Um, that's when I realized, first of all, I actually matured and grew up, which I was kind of scared of because I never wanted to. I want to be like, yeah, I want to be like, no, I we want to say young forever, mind-wise. man. I mean, mind-wise, I wanted to be a five-year-old forever, which I try to go back to as much as I can. But, yeah. um, <laughs> but anyway, so, so the thing about infantry, like I said, um, you, oh my God, is there's just not, there's no way we're getting around it. You have to be a special breed of stupid um, to be in the infantry. Uh, now, some of the best, some of the best people I know in the world were the guys I served with in the infantry. Yes, we were dumb as shit because we did. I mean, I'm telling you, I got some stories for being deployed of some of the stuff we did, and you're gonna be like, "How the hell are you even still breathing?" You know, and it's like, you know, but that's what we did. But daily, it was daily. It was always constantly talking or doing something with somebody. It's just you. You look at them as like, "How did you make it to adulthood? What the?" fuck is going on so this is how i know god has a sense of humor because he let you live and put you in my path so i had to witness your stupidity so it's like you know you just see stuff like that like we had a guy that um god what was his name oh and i, I told you a story santiago santiago this is that fool that was in basic training and uh he um you know, he was probably at the time he was 48 years old. And I think that was the no, not 48, 39 years old. He was 39 years old. Yeah, 39 years old. 
Oh, I remember Santiago. And it was like, um, like he just, like you said, we're going through basic training. And <laughs> all of a sudden, one day, yeah, all of a sudden, all oh, of a sudden, one it's a day, good story, you know, man. Like, he was Keep just, going. He was just weird as shit. But one day, he just wakes up, jumps out of his bunk, and starts dribbling an imaginary basketball. And I'm like, and I'm just sitting there because, you know, I know oh. sometimes, we, sometimes some of the guys and I, we do that. You know, we'd act like we're playing, you know, you know, we like, you know, act like we're playing a game, whatever. Well, he starts doing that. And he's just dribbling around the, dribbling around the, the bears, just dribbling around, goes to the bathroom, dribbles to the sink to go brush his teeth, acts like he picks up the ball and sits it on the sink, brushes his teeth, washes his face, grabs his basketball, dribbles out to his bunk, puts it on the bed. Starts getting dressed, and he did this everywhere he went. We get the we go to formation. He dribble all the way down to formation. He set the ball down. He wait for him to call to call attention. He goes to attention all of his stuff. As soon as we as soon as they said of these or you know you know dismissed, he grabbed his basketball and he started dribbling again. This went on for about two and a half weeks. They sent him. They finally sent him to the um oh god to go get evaluated. Um, by a psychologist, and, and he's he's in and out of there for about I don't know I'd say about a week week and a half, <clears throat> almost two weeks. Finally, they say, you know what, this dude, we're just gonna have to we're just gonna have to freaking, you know, just go ahead and release him from the military because there's no way in hell he's gonna make it. Yeah, he's not gonna he's not gonna make it. We can't. And we ain't dealing with this. This is probably even though he even though I thought he was dumb as shit, this is probably the most boss move I ever seen in my life. So he gets his papers. They sign him out. They call him a cab. You know, his stuff is down there, the cab. And all he has is his backpack. He dribbles that basketball downstairs. He dribbles that basketball across the court yard. He dribbles that basketball all the way down the, the sidewalk, down the steps into the cab. He gets to the cab. He takes two more dribbles. He picks the ball up. He shoots the ball and then flips everybody off and gets in the cab and drives off. I was like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I was like, God damn, are you serious? Got him. And, that, and that's like, you know, and that's and, and that's that was the moment that I really got introduced to, to the stupidity that I was gonna be running into the rest of my, my rest of my military career about, you know, just anybody doing stupid shit. And then like you said, coming from infantry over to the support, oh, that's where the stupidity really hit. Because seeing some of the seeing some of the things that chain of command was doing with soldiers, and you can attest to this, was like some of the most idiotic stuff I've ever seen in my life. And what some of the stuff they were having you guys do, and of course I didn't really care because I was getting I was going to get med boarded out. So, I mean you you already know you already know my mindset was that back that back. Yeah, then. You know what I mean? So I was like, this, I was like, this this shit is just what is going on here? What the hell, man? Yeah, well, <laughs> I love that story, dude. You remember that dude at Drum that was like forty something years old, and his wife was like eighteen, nineteen, just had a baby, and. I remember you were like, oh, yeah, man, dude, look at you oh, go, God, man, it, like man. scoring them. Like you play her, right? And then we find out he's like, oh, yeah, man, 
you have known her for for a long time because we asked her how, how long did you know your wife or whatever it's like oh i've known her all life it's like oh really yeah her and my daughter used to be friends yes. when they were like toddlers and I'm like wait 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 what <laughs> can you back he was, up please? He was like what the out. hell i guess he was scoping out like he's changing diapers and shit like damn i'm gonna tap that i'm gonna tap that i'm definitely gonna tap that <laughs> Yeah, when he said that, so I, fucked up. Like I don't like. Oh, it makes my fucking <laughs> when skin crawl, dude. Like that, like they, that they, fucking like they were. Yeah, I don't remember. It was like Shaper or together. something. I was just like, what? <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, what? I was like, yeah, man. I said, how the hell does that even? Like, what? What the? At what point in time did you even consider that? <laughs> It's like what the, f- and then then now think about what about her parents? They can't be cool with that, and if they are, they they're just that's yeah, just right. Like, that's that's they're just doing like an R. Kelly. That's what it was. They're just doing an R. Kelly, where the parents were like, and that's and, and you know people talk about R. Kelly, hey, man. and it's like you know, how can he do this this now? Let, let me tell you something. I don't give a damn. Even in this day and age, especially especially back then when all this stuff was going on, back then parents. Always, especially black parents, always do what their damn children are doing. I don't give a damn. We ain't talking about. We ain't talking about. Um, and for those who don't know, yes, I am black. Um, yeah, if you couldn't tell, but for, but, but for most, people if you couldn't tell, is that there is a huge difference between. Um, and and I'm not saying it's always that way. You know, sometimes it swings the other way. But when it comes to like most black families, number one, their children are not doing a damn thing that they don't know about. They're not going anywhere that they don't know they're going. They're not hanging around people they don't, they don't necessarily know that they, that they don't know. They know what the hell's going on. I mean, we don't just release our kids and say, hey, go frolic in the fucking street and play in the fields and, and pick sunflowers and shit. No, we're not doing that shit. It's... Yeah, my parents, they, they let me do that. They're like, just make sure you're home at, like before dark or whatever. I used to go into this abandoned water tower with my friends so, you know, and, that, uh, so right and there, we would throw dirt right clods there. at each that other. Shit right there. That's the that's the shit. That's the reason why white people are always getting abducted by aliens. Because your motherfuckers is always out there with <laughs> some shit you ain't supposed to be in. Nobody knows where the hell you at and you know stumbled into some damn Bermuda Triangle type shit. And now your now your punk ass is in the motherfucking outer space somewhere getting your ass probed by a fucking three fingered alien where he's putting one in the pink one, two in the pink and one to stink, but um, <laughs> but no seriously, I mean, that, I mean Jesus, that's, that's dude. like I said, it swings. I've I've seen black families that were like that, and I've seen white families where they're like, hey, you, your ass ain't going nowhere unless I know who the hell you going with. Where you going? Where you, who you with? Who who are they people? You know, do I know they people? Are we related somewhere down the line? Where are you going? You know, what I'm saying they want to know everything. What kind of bubble gum are you chewing when you out? I mean, they want to know everything. You know, and so it's one of those things that, you know, like I said, with the whole R. Kelly thing, you know, you cannot sit there and tell me those, the, the, all of a sudden those, those families that are suing him or trying to say he did all this and that didn't know. Even one of the girls said, yeah, my parents knew, you know, they were okay with me hanging out with R. Kelly. Okay, first of all, the daddy needs to be oh my God. The mother needs to be punching the motherfucking ovaries. Uh, and, 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 and that's nothing. I've never understood this part. He's pissing on girls. Okay? Okay? You, you, you get, I want you to grasp this for a second. Okay? Listen to me, Monty. Monty, Monty listen to me. Are you listening to me, Monty? Okay. Listen. Let, I'm, I'm listening. I appreciate that. I, 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 oh, I, I, absolutely. I listen to. 
Um, at what point in time, if these girls are so upset about being pissed on, do you not fucking move? Can you not see the piss coming? <laughs> Can you not see him pulling his shit out and getting in position to piss on you? Because trust me, ladies and gentlemen, especially ladies, if you don't know about the men pissing, it's a fucking almost like a symphony when we go in to go piss. Okay? We get ourselves ready. We pull oh, our good God. And we, and yes, we are. I'm 42 <laughs> years old. I did this when I was five years old. I'm doing this today when I'm 42 years old. Especially when I go to a urinal somewhere. I don't just stand there and piss. I move that motherfucker back and forth across that motherfucking urinal and shit like I am conducting a symphony. Because I am con- you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, every kid... Like you're putting out a fire. Boy wants to be a fireman when he grows up. And that, and why? It's because we practice with our own personal fire hose <laughs> every single time we go piss. You know what I'm saying? We, we're moving that motherfucker back and forth. It, that's why that's why watch the firefighters. They don't just they don't just do one stream right down the middle. No, they, they spread that motherfucker around. You see a fireman, that's exactly what he does when he goes piss. That's exactly what every man <laughs> does when he goes piss. Okay? That's what we do. It is what it is. All right. But that shit right there, the whole thing of him pissing on people, it's like, look, first of all, at what age do you do you do you not realize that you have the choice to fucking move <laughs> and get out the way of piss? Now, if that's your thing, yeah, you know, do your thing. You know, some people got to fetch your feet. Some people got to fetch your shoes. Some people like to get pissed on. You know, I know a couple people like to get shit on. Literally, shit on. <laughs> so, I mean, it is what it is. <laughs> okay, so on that note, we will be forcibly transitioning. <laughs> You know, there's so much more that I wanted to talk about as far oh, as I've seen the people get pissed on the military too. So that's but it, it kind of <laughs> I don't know who yeah, I... I don't. Oh, no, no, no everyone got let, pissed let, on, let, like, no, metaphorically, no, let, man. Let, uh, I had a dude come and tell me, he's like, man, we went to the club. He's like, man, you know, so I'm, I'm looking for somebody, man. I'm looking for, some, I'm looking for a girl to take a shit on my chest tonight. I was like, okay, you're not riding back with me. Uh, because if you go. If I see you walk off with a chicken and you come back, I know, um, dude. I'm gonna think you got you got shit on your chest and you're not getting in my car because I don't want to smell shit in my car. It's bad enough I gotta smell your shitty ass breath, but I don't want to smell literal shit on your motherfucking chest. Maybe that's why his breath smell like shit because it actually wasn't coming from his motherfucking mouth; it's coming from his fucking chest because he probably had shit trapped in his fucking chest here. But I digress. I digress. Ah. <laughs> uh... <laughs> The reason why I joined the military <laughs> is uh, pretty much, that's what I have at least. Well, I just want to get out of my hometown, man. I'm from this one small town uh, in California known as Menifee, California. And well, I was just well, to make well now, good, probably, Sorry. since you've been talking to my ass for so many years. But, <laughs> well, it used to be a small, like, like rural town, and then... It just kind of went downhill, especially after I left, because they you make incorporated it sound like, from a town into a city. Like and, it went downhill you know, then you left. The city... <laughs> no, no, it went downhill around the time I left. It's just a, it's a coincidence. Trust me, they're not missing my ass. We we had this fountain, uh, this Menifee Lakes fountain, uh, by one of like the more private communities, and. 
people would take a whole oh bottle God. of Dawn and just put it in there in the middle of the night. And so by morning, there's this filled that's, with bubbles. That's hilarious. Like, that's the kind of shit that we would get into. Like, go cow tipping on down Menifee Road. You know, fucking some kids would go pick shrooms out of the cow shit. Wait, did you, know, you say like, people were picking that, shrooms That was out like of cow what shit? we did. But then it started becoming a. Yeah, dude. See, that's white people. I mean, I didn't, I'm, but I knew I knew that. people that that's did. Shit. I'm just gonna say, <laughs> I'm just gonna say it what is. everybody else is thinking. That's white people. It, shit. Like it is. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm not gonna lie, it's fucking true. But yeah, I wanted to get out of the small town. I didn't have any real prospects, you know. Um, was wasn't you know kind of prepared for college or anything. Mm-hmm. So, in you know, my grades weren't the best. So. I was going to need a loan in order to get a loan because I had no no credit because I was yeah. young. I needed a co-signer. That shit wasn't going to happen. So long story short, I ended up joining the military. Uh, it was funny because I used to get phone calls because when I took right. the ASVAB, I didn't even I just took it as an excuse to get out of class because we did it at the school. So I just kind of bubbled everything in and hung out with my friends. But apparently I scored well enough for them to like come, go out of their way to recruit my ass. So. Like I would get, in, I was getting calls from the Navy, the Air Force, Coast Guard, you name it. And I remember <laughs> I kept getting calls from the fucking Marine Corps, but they finally stopped because I, I was on the phone because I usually just hang up. But I asked them, so do you guys <laughs> offer domestic partners wow. insurance? And they just fucking click, like yeah. done, right? Because that was back when, you know, don't ask, don't tell, you know, before the whole it's okay to be gay in the military, which. You know, on that note, I don't give a shit, you know. I mean, hell, back when it was don't ask, don't tell, I got hit on by dudes all the time. I had a fucking, one of our XOs, I don't remember him, the black dude, uh, can't even fucking remember his name. Or I don't know if he was a butter bar or if he got to, like, first lieutenant, I don't fucking remember. But he he had come up to me in a line one day, oh, yeah, and he looked and he's like, oh, Montgomery. And I was like, can I help you, sir? And he's like... You have beautiful eyes. And I'm like, okay, do you want real cheese or not? Like, (laughs) like, what is, and I used to get, man, that wasn't just the only one. That was like a more subtle one. But I usually, I I had dudes like really like chase after me. And it's like, why can't girls be like this, man? And it makes you feel uneasy. It gives you a real good perspective. It's like when a guy's chasing a girl and she's feeling uneasy. it's It's a similar feeling to have a dude chase after you because you don't want anything to do with this guy. But at the same time. You don't want to hurt their feelings, you know. Uh, at least for <laughs> at least for me, because like I'm, I don't want to deal with conflict. And it's like it's weird when it's a like as there was a buddy of mine. I went through a bad relationship, and there was right. a friend of mine that we would hang out a lot more often because I needed someone to chill with. And he he sent some risque texts one day, and I, I was like, oh, "Nope, uh, uh-uh, not dealing with this side. Oh, not that, talking to him no that's more." Fucked up. That reminds but, of a, a military story. Okay, so you know E five, you know um, what's and, up? You know, of course, you know you've been on staff duty or CQ, you know, or anything like that. And for those who, who don't know what CQ is, basically, you know, you're sitting there at your uh, your um, yeah. So you're sitting there at your, your oh my god, barracks, I know this uh, one. And you're basically just watching the guys uh, make sure that there's nothing going on or nothing happens or if something happens. There's, yeah, there's an NCO and you know whoever his making sure the floors are mopping on duty. Well, I'm I'm on duty, um, and I have um, I think it's one of my E4s. Um, yeah, one of my E4s that was on on um, CQ with me. So we're sitting there one night, and it's it's a fry. 
Friday night. No, Saturday, it was a Saturday night. I remember that because I was going to, no, it was a Sunday night. So I had, fuck, I don't remember what it was. I know I had three days off. I think it was, I think I had a, I think I had CQ a night that we were in up the next day. We're going to have a, a three day weekend. Um, so basically, you know, I had, I got four, four days off. So anyway, so I'm sitting there on CQ and I, you know, told my runner, cause my runner, you know, lived in the barracks at the time I was, at the time I was, I was, uh, married, um, to my second wife. Uh, we'll get into how many marriages I've been into. Hopefully never. But anyways, um, but <laughs> I was married to my second wife at the time. So I lived off post. So roughly about i'd say it was probably about midnight you know i looked at i looked at my uh runner i was like hey why don't you why don't you uh if you want to why don't you go go, go to your room you know get a couple hours of sleep uh i'll come get you here in a little bit um or whatever he said all right roger that sorry so he takes off so i'm sitting there at the desk by my damn self of course i brought a tv and had the xbox hooked up to it so i'm sitting there minding you know minding business relaxing chilling and uh i all of a sudden at the complete other end of the hall, I had one of my soldiers come running out, and, and, and I was like, "Oh Jesus Christ, what's going on?" So he comes running out. I mean, he's in a dead sprint. You know, he's wearing some basketball shorts, no shirt, no shoes, and all I hear is Sergeant Simpson, Sergeant Simpson, Sergeant Simpson. I'm like, "What the hell is wrong with this dude?" And I mean, he's just in a dead sprint, panicking panic mode. I mean, he's just in straight panic mode. And so, he comes right up to me at the desk. I was like, what the fuck is your problem? And he's like, he touched my dick. He tried to suck my dick. <laughs> I was like, whoa, what? <laughs> Wait a minute. What is going on here? And so then, I was like, who did? And he, you know, names off the soldier. I was like, what the? And it, and it really pissed me off because he was one of my soldiers. And he was one of my, he was one of my good soldiers. Now, I knew... Oh yeah. Well, I knew he was. I knew he was gay. "Quote unquote" you know, good soul. It wasn't. A, it wasn't a big deal. I've never had an issue with that. Um, I've had a few gay friends. Um, I have a couple of them. I don't think they. Uh... Well, yeah. That's like the equivalent of saying, "Oh, I got black you know, friends." Yeah, <laughs> um, but <laughs> that's fucked up. Anyway. <laughs> It's the same shit. Oh, I got gay friends. You didn't even say that. You know, he told me, and I was like, dude, I, I don't care if you are gay. As long as you do your damn job, and I don't have to freaking come find you, I really don't care if you are gay. Yeah, right? So, this is true. This hey, is man, true. the gay soldiers and, always and have the best looking uniforms. And I, 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 know it's, I know it sounds fucked up, but I used to call them the seamstress. Um, because the, the fucker could sew. I mean, that son of a bitch could sew. Anytime I have a problem with my uniform, like, oh, sorry, just bring, just bring it, uh, drop your uniform off. I'll have it, I'll have it to you um, by the um, end of the next day. And he. Man, I think I should have been called a seamstress because, man, when I was deployed, I lost track well, of how many you know, times I, mean, I had to fucking sew my crotch hole in my fucking you know, The boys can hang out. But, anyways, um, so I go, I go down to the room. Oh, Jesus. And he's laying on the floor like halfway passed out halfway not passed out and i walked in i was like dude what the fuck happened and he's and he's i mean he's i mean he was probably damn near alcohol poisoning because you know he i mean he was i mean he was done 
And so I was like, dude, what the? He's like, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I said, did you? I was like, did you try to suck his dick? <laughs> you know, it's, it's I don't like, know, Tarzan. Like kid, like, did you, did you really hit? Did you really hit Billy? You know, and it's like one of those things. Did you really try to suck his dick? <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know what you, I don't know. I don't know nothing about sucking the dick. I said, well, I know you do know about sucking dick, but did you try to suck? <laughs> and, so, and so it was crazy because I had to deal with that and so I'm thinking so I fill out the paperwork or whatever because he wanted to, because the other other soldiers wanted to file a report so I was like Jesus dude I said I said you do realize that means I'm have to do paperwork and you know how I feel about paperwork and he's like I know sorry brother I was like fine all right I, and I just watched that I told him I was like look what I want you to do is like I want you to go to sleep all right I was like, I, I'll get him out of the room, and I, I did. I got him out of the room. I made him sleep in the um, the entertainment area, yeah, the day room. He slept in there, and then I had him. Oh, the day room. room and had him lock the door. I took I took the other soldier's key, so that way he couldn't just go in the room. I said, just lock the door, go to sleep. And so I was hoping in the morning because he was drunk. I mean, he was completely drunk, and they both had been drinking. No, no, no. Not yeah, just not. let me say this. Not that it makes but it okay, but time, just so we understand. That's one of those things where you know, did it? You know, did it happen the way you, the way you thought it happened? Was it something else? What you know, whatever. You know, where I was just in there joking around or whatever, and it just went too far. You just didn't like what was going on. Okay, one of those things, because you know, I don't know if you, well, I know in infantry, guys do some borderline gay shit every day. You know, guys. Yeah, guys are always slapping each other in the dick, you know, or man love Thursday, dude. Shit. No, they didn't do it to me because I fucking <laughs> I straight fucking kick a guy right in his dick one time. He tried to do that shit to me. And I was like, if you do it again, I will rip your dick off. And so anyway. Uh, when we were deployed, uh, Sarn Eastman walked in on two dudes in the shower together. He all he walked in and he saw some God, feet hanging yes. out of the shower curtain and then he heard, oh "Dude, you're choking." Anyways, so yeah, so get up the next morning or they or <laughs> I get ready to get off the next morning, and uh, I leave because uh, I, you know, like I said, they didn't, you know, he went to sleep. I saw the saw the soldier. He didn't say anything. I was like, "Dude," I said, "You know, what's going on? What do you want to do?" He's like, "Well, I just think I I just, just want to kind of talk to the police sergeant." I said, "Oh, great." I said, "That's why right. that's your that's your prerogative." So I'm, I'm done. I'm like, I'm about to go home. I'm about to go, you know, sleep for about four, four or five hours, get up, start drinking, because I, I don't have to be back for another three days. So I get, I, I literally get to my apartment, open the front door, get ready to walk up the stairs, and my phone starts ringing. And it's my damn platoon sergeant. Hey, I need you to come back. Fuck. Get back. Hey. Yeah, I, I, I you you could well, have done the whole like, oh, I'm already, I'm sorry, Mister Calls, please. I was on in hey, CQ. So I was like, screw it. So I went back and uh, we were talking yeah. about this eight o'clock in the morning. I had to sleep. I did the witness statement. I had to do. I had to do all of. Oh, you had to do like a witness statement. I didn't and leave stuff? that place until two o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, I was so pissed off. Oh, I was so pissed off. It was the funny, but the funny thing about like, oh, I guess God. this is a. Uh, this it had it yeah it had to been Sunday, so I think we had Monday and Tuesday off. So it was sun. So it was so it was going into Sunday, right? So, um, by Monday oh. afternoon, they gave that other soldier his paperwork, and he was out of the military. 
Oh yeah, dude. They some there are some situations where they do it crazy quick. Like <laughs> I remember Ariaga. He, oh, not to name drop, but anyway. Uh, so this dude, we had this soldier that went home on R and R and came back for deployment. And yeah. the first thing that they do when you get back to to the fob is they piss test you. You know, it's like we can't. I'm just gonna say this real quick. Like I didn't have access to my mental mm, health awesome. medications while I was deployed, but we were able to get piss tests. So, you know, just see where our fucking priorities are, you know? So well, part of the reason why, you know, I ended up fucked up because I didn't have access to my fucking you're pills. Deployed, so just anyway. Some, some shit pops off. They're like, oh, here, it's a nice <laughs> Pretty much. Dude, I was, I was going Rambo status on the wrong on people. Like, it's like, dude, friendly fire, no friendly chill. Fire. <laughs> you know? Anyway, go ahead. Nah, dude, it's, it's, I don't know, it's just, it's just crazy. I lost my train of thought, but, like, that just made me think of that. But, yeah, oh, yeah, so old dude, when he came, uh, yeah. they piss-tested him, he pissed hot for, like, weed. And, you know, obviously, it stays in your system. And, you know, they, you know, gave him 45, 45, all that stuff. And this was during the time when they were trying to get yeah. people out. You know, when the war, the war efforts were dwindling down, and, they, you know, if you did any kind of screw-up, like, they would do anything they could to get you out. But our Sergeant Major um wanted to give him a chance it's like hey we all screw up we're not going to kick you out just do your 45 45 and roll with it and it got to the point where he was sick and tired of it like he just he refused to get out of bed like they came by and like hey you need to go do your extra duty and he's like i quit i'm not doing it no more and, and they're like I, I guess it was like leonard or something that went to go talk to him and he was like, look, no disrespect, but like for real though, like all this military stuff aside, just man to man, I'm, I quit. I'm done. I'm not going to be doing anything. Y'all can kick me out. I don't care. They put that dude on a plane back home so fast and filed his paperwork and got him out like quick as hell because it's like, oh, so he really yeah. don't want to be in fine. They don't take much. And they just beelined him right out the gate. Okay. So let's, let's, let's switch gears for a second. It's... Okay. So. I'm kind of keeping keeping with the times of what's going on now. Yeah. Um, you know, the country's in turmoil. Um, you know, you have the George Floyd thing, the Breonna Taylor, um, the const you know, different constant constant stories have been in the news uh with Ooh, racism, yeah. uh police brutality, police violence, police shootings. Um most people I don't know I don't know if there's you know, I guess I could say they're they're just as blind or just as ignorant when it comes uh, to what goes on in this country, but there also are just as ignorant when it comes to what goes on in the military as far as racism. It's it's pretty bad. Uh, from my perception, it was it was tied to whoever was in power. So uh, some people it would never go to their head, like. Um, once again, not to name drop, right. but Sarah Mayfield, I'd always thought that she was fair and balanced across the board, never had an issue with her, you know, but when I was, de- uh, stationed in Korea, uh, my, and I don't care about name dropping this piece of shit, my platoon sergeant, um, yeah, Morris, sergeant, first class Morris, man, this fucking great A piece of human trash. This guy, like you, you knew, like right. if, if you were of the same pigmentation as him, he was a lot easier on you. You know, and he would kind of go out of his way right. to give privileged positions to those people, you know, and he was black dude. And not that it fucking means anything, 
but it's just something that I noticed. And <laughs> I remember I was dating this girl, Bowles, at the time. Well, it was like the entire time I was in Korea. And I remember she told me that he made her feel uncomfortable right. because he was like asking her her ethnic background and stuff, right? And uh, and she was like, oh, I'm just white. It's like, you sure you don't got like maybe like a descendant that's like black or something? And and she's like, no, why? It's like, well, I've just oh, never seen a white yeah, girl with a yeah, they, figure they, they, like that. You know, because she has like, fat ass. Yeah, so, you know, for whatever mm. reason, he kept her in the admin office. Now, she was really good at doing paperwork. Like, she was great at it. But I think a little rabbit hole, you know, oh, yeah. you know a little tinfoil hat theory that time hole, is though. that he kept her in there as a piece of eye candy. <laughs> <laughs> My God. Dude, we had we had this chick in Korea. It was like a like like a week, and it was a, she was a week out from getting out of the military. Like she, her contract was just about up, and she got caught like breaking curfew, wow. and they kicked her ass. They gave her forty five forty five, and then they kicked her ass out. Korea is the place where careers well, went like to Toronto, die. Man. It's either if you didn't get kicked out, I'm sure shit did not reenlist. Yeah. Oh, that's like me. I came up for orders. Oh, yeah, because you get fenced um, in for so twice. fucking long. Once to Germany and once to Hawaii. And both times they canceled out my orders saying that I was a uh, mission essential uh, to the unit and being deployed. And I was like, first of all, fuck your mission. I'm trying to go to Germany. And I'm sure the hell damn proud to go to Hawaii. And I ain't staying it. <laughs> and so, but of course, you're staying there. But, um, I was like, I got a mission for you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, I got, no, that's another funny story you got to tell sometime. But so bring us something more close to home for the two of us. I, there's different levels of racism. Right. And yeah. so it, like racism is racism is wrong regardless. Right. But there are yeah. different degrees. There's like the, the blatant name calling stereotypical bullshit, you know, and then there's, the favoritism, you know, the, the, the internal bias. And I don't like no, this whole SJW yeah. thing, like, oh, the, the, the microaggressions and shit. No, no, I, I, I don't partake in that. But I do acknowledge the fact that, yeah, some people can be biased to their race as opposed to others. And I, for the most part, Sergeant First Class P, for me, didn't come off as inherently aggressively racist, but he definitely strongly yeah. had a bias towards people that were also Hispanic in the platoon. That's something I heavily noticed is that if you were Hispanic, mm -hmm. you were kind of on his good list and it wasn't like he'd be as hard on you, you know, like there was other Hispanic, um, you know, service members that we had that I, from my recollection, weren't the best soldiers. They weren't, you know, the go-getters. They weren't the hard workers, but they kind of got a free pass just because it seemed like, you know, like, oh, they could joke around with SRMP and stuff. And like they would walk in, they just start speaking Spanish to each other, which if you have that connection, that's fine. But you kind of break the line where, you know, you give favoritism to one soldier that isn't busting yeah. their ass. That is, you know, for for all intents and purposes, kind of a shitbag. But then to the other soldiers that are busting ass and doing all this stuff, you're a lot harder on them. And I think that kind of ties that could also tie back to, oh, well, this person's a shitbag. That's the level of expectation from them. I'm not going to expect right. anymore. This person's a hard now, worker. They should me, pick up the slack for everybody else. Like I've, 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 I've 
damn near experienced racism. Um, some on smaller scales than others uh, throughout my, well, actually throughout my life. But in the military, like, one thing I'll say, <clears throat> that's one thing I loved about infantry. You really didn't, you, I mean, you would, you would, you can kind of see it with like the um, higher ups. Um, you know, you can kind of see it with them. But when you talk about, you know, your platoon, your squad, um, the people you dealt with on a regular basis, the one thing I loved about being infantry is that we, as far as I can remember, as far as I can see, we never, um, we never saw a race, uh, like a different race. We were all infantry. Um, and, and that's why I loved about it. It was like the, the, the brotherhood family aspect of that was just tremendous. Um, probably the big thing I miss about being infantry and being in the military um, is that yeah, fact. Know, there were... we just, I mean, it, it just, it, it never played a, it never played a, a, a part in it. Um, if you could do your job, you do your job well, you know, you can get promoted quick. You know, I mean, I had gotten busted out twice. And still, and still made my, and still made my sergeant rank like, maybe like six months later. Ooh. That was like, <laughs> that's so yeah. like. So when I first got to drum, when I first met you, you're an E five. You were my squad leader, and then like it was several months later. It's I guess you, because you no, I, I can't remember the timeline because it was so long ago. But I don't know if you had gone to Virginia yet or not. But I remember I came into work one day and I like your back was facing me so i walk up to you i'm saying it progress i have no idea what the hell happened and i'm like oh i'm here sergeant simpson blah 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 blah. and you just kind of look over your shoulder and you're like don't fucking call me that and i'm like like confused as hell and then you turn around and then there's the pfc on your chest and like i like like was like oh shit dude yeah yeah like god damn like what the fuck did you do Yeah, but hey, man, it's like I've been busted down too, and that shit fucking sucks. Uh, like, dude, getting yeah. fucking demoted when you're deployed fucking sucks because you're already, yeah. especially as a fucking cook, because you're already working crazy fucking hours, right? And then it's like, oh, you fucking start at five, end at eight o'clock at night, and then you have to do extra duty until like fucking one or two o'clock in the fucking morning, you know, fucking. You know, filling up fucking sandbags, filling up Hesco's, or now, I, prepping I for fucking was, Memorial Day, funny. the Memorial Day this meal. Because when I had switched me over there um, to the um, to become a cook, it was so funny because you know, first of all, I didn't give I didn't give a damn um, about anything to begin with. Then when I got busted down, I sure as hell didn't give a damn. And it was funny because <laughs> even though I got busted down, um, they still. Most of everybody still treated me as an E5. Uh, and it was so funny because the other NCOs that were there, most of them really didn't fuck with me. And, and the mainly reason was because they knew I did not give a shit. And they knew that you can try that shit if you want to, uh, but I guarantee you, you don't have the same training that I do. And I will fucking end your life. <laughs> And I told that to uh, what's nah. his name? Oh damn, I can't remember what that. He was an E five. I can't remember. What you know, his when name you... was, but he tried that shit with me one time, and I was like, uh, and I got like kind of, kind of. I mean, I didn't get like right in his face, but I took a couple steps towards him to where we were pretty close to each other. And I was like, uh, I said, "Hey, I got an idea. 
I was like, how about you put your training up against mine and let's see who walks away from this. And he just kind of looked at me and he, he walked off and he, I guess he said something to start praying. It's our president. Hey, just look, I'll just make sure he stays away from you and oh you don't have to worry about himself. And I was like, hey, that's fine. I was like, he can come up to me all he wants to. I said, but if he does it again, I guarantee you, I'm going to be leaving here either in handcuffs, and he's definitely for sure going to be leaving here out here on a stretcher or in the body bag. I said, so the choice is his. <laughs> Which one? Who is that That, that black dude, the E7? Um, what, uh, Bowman, Sergeant Bowman, something like that. I can't remember. Because I, because I, right before I got there, you guys, there was an E five, E seven that you guys had in Fox Company. Um, oh, that you're pretty about, much um, th- all he did when you guys deployed was fucking play poker. He didn't do anything else. There was the white dude, and then there was another guy, a black dude. But then I don't know if he was in yeah, our company was, or if he was he the defense manager. But, um, but he left shortly I, after I got there too. I mean, he was there for a while. Um, before I got over there, because I got over there like mid deployment. Um, they, because uh, uh, I was over, I was the the NCO I see over at uh, the ADAG, the airport over in, in Kirkuk. Yeah, and so they is like, hey, hey we, well, we, we're going to need an NCO over there. Kirkuk, yeah. Um, that's and they're right. gonna, they're talking about uh, making you reclass a cook, so we're just going to send you over there. I was like, man, fuck it, whatever. And so I got over there, you know, and I was like, man, whatever. You know, I, didn't really do shit. wasn't going to do shit. Um, was rarely in the kitchen. <laughs> I mean, if I was in the kitchen, I was usually sitting back in the back in the corner with music playing, um, and just kind of shooting the shit with everybody. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's pretty much all I did. And then I that's that's when I brought um, Saturday night uh, club night to the to the defect. Because I mean, I was like, "Fuck, I'm not gonna just be sitting over here not doing anything." So then I, I ended up getting mm-hmm. checked, checked out a freaking PA system from the from the from one of the S shops. I checked that out, and so then I had my I had my laptop. Of course, I had my um, DJ um, uh, program hooked up on that, and we used to have. And I don't, no, you weren't there yet, um, but we used to have um, we used to have uh, Saturday night uh, club night, and we could actually wear no, uh, no. civilians on Saturday nights, and so. Um, yeah, so everybody come, everybody come to the defect. We clear out the, we clear out the, uh, oh. the uh, tables and everything. Had the dance floor out there. Oh man, that, oh heck, oh man, I'm talking about the bump on the grind. I don't see start bumping wrong with a little bump and grind. Freaking <laughs> <laughs> wild, dude. Yes. There was so you mentioned the the element of family and. I never really got that from Sergeant P. Like he, he would do his damnedest to like promote the ethos that oh we're what we have we're family. But I never really got that vibe from him. The one NCO I yeah. did get it from was Sergeant yes. D because yes. she treated everyone fucking equally. Yes. She fucking hated everyone, <laughs> you know. But she was Mama Bear, man, and I have a crazy amount mm-hmm. of respect for her because it's like one of the best NCOs that we had was a chick. And you know, and she, you know, instilled job. in me that fucking girls are capable as fuck, man. Oh, she was good. She was knowledgeable. She was a fucking fair leader, you know, because I didn't see her, like, really playing any favoritism. Nah. No, like, no, no, th- no, that no. from my perspective, I didn't see her doing anything weird like that. Oh, she, so, always, she was always harder. But, like, she was actually she harder on the girls than the guys. She hated that. You know? She hated when they tried to use that excuse. Well, I can't do this because I'm a female. 
And she's like, "Bitch, I go out of, I go out of the, I go on, uh, on uh, patrol. Yeah, I go out on patrol, scout mission. She was out there carrying weapons, like scout mission. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I remember she'd ask me questions. Yeah, about she did the whole, whole female this, engagement yeah, thing. Know, um, this is what we used to do. This is what we did. Da da da. And she asked me one time. She's like, uh, she's like, would you ever want to go out on one of the patrols? You know, when we go out. And I said, mm, no, I'm good. <laughs> I'm like, I mean, I was like. I was like, dude, I was doing that for the first six, like seven years. <laughs> like, I was in. Been there, done I was, that. Bye. I was, with, I was with, uh, with our unit for what th- three years, and then at three years, they were, they were uh, med burning me out uh, for my medical retirement. So I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I was like, I, and my thing was, I didn't want to go, and not saying, not to say anything about you know bad about you know you know cuss going out on missions like that, but I didn't want to go out on missions where. I was out on a mission with somebody that wasn't as trained as I was on patrols because if some shit goes down, I don't have to be looking over my shoulder to make sure someone is someone else is safe. Um, and, and knowing that they don't have the same training. Uh, so I know it's, it sounds messed up, but at the same time, I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm about to get out shortly. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to get killed over some, over some shit because I, I'm trying to trying to be hero you know, because first of all, I'm not going to. Um, I I passed that moment a long time ago, and so I was like, you know what? Hey, I'm not about to get taken out on some BS. You know, when I right now, I'm about to get out. So, like, you know what? Nah, I'm good. So, all right. Sorry for the the weird cutoff right there. There, my 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 youngest um, was plugging in the fan, and he disconnected the Wi-Fi router. So. Uh, technical difficulties. This is what fatherhood is is like. So I'm sure some of you guys can relate. Yes. I don't even know what the hell we we're talking about, but uh, shit. Uh, <clears throat> uh, I don't fucking know. Well, all right. So ultimately, with all of these like things, we're trying to like the, the message that we're trying to give is the expectation versus reality in the military. It's it's going in. It's nothing like in the movies and the TV shows and stuff. It's so media Hollywood has a crazy way of romanticizing and stereotyping the military. Uh, It's more so paperwork. It's very bureaucratic, especially the support MOS. They they love their damn paperwork. But uh, yeah, it's like, it's, I guess it's different. Like when you're actually physically in combat and you do experience those like Black Hawk down moments or, or stuff like that, but the day to day life, it's 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 nothing like you see on TV. Oh no, 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 no! I mean, it's not like um, uh, you see like with Rambo or uh, uh, Rambo. Like, uh, oh, I have guerrilla warfare, man. Yeah, I had one person like, you know, you know, is the military anything like Black Hawk Down? I'm like, um, hey, dipshit, you do realize Black Hawk Down is an actual mo- an actual event that actually- yeah. So in that sense, yes, it is like Black Hawk Down. Um, <laughs> but uh, like with some of these other military movies, you see like uh, Tropical Thunder. Oh, uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I showed my my parents that movie during the quarantine, and they oh, fucking loved I it. Love that. Never go fully. I'm the dude pretending to be another dude, pretending to be another dude. <laughs> I freaking what do you mean, that. you people? What do you mean, you people? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
my god! But um, like, what's some of what's some of the other military movies? Um, Aliens. Wait, uh, wait hold on. Since we bring it up, <laughs> since we bring it up, um, because actors have got like, uh, Holly- people in Hollywood like make really weird decisions when making movies, right? Yes. And like, the whole blackface thing, right? I- okay. I will like I'm not I'm not black so I, I what my statement carries no weight but I think Robert Downey Jr. did it appropriately because it was very much in character for a comedy movie I don't feel like from I can't be the one to call judgment on this but I don't think it what he did was disrespectful. Uh, well, was there? What any, do you think? I don't I don't remember. Was there backlash on him doing it? No, no. Um, recently there was because other actresses and actors um, when they get a part for a movie uh, because of this whole you know pc sjw culture that we live in it's like i think it was scarlett johansson got cast in a role to play a transgender character right and it's like oh that's cool like this is something that you know needs to be put out in the limelight that so we have a predominant actress playing this role people are going to watch specifically for that actress which then also will educate them on whatever pc thing that they're trying to promote i get it it's cool it's whatever and it's However, handsome man. So but, I don't, I don't yeah. even what role she's playing. I don't, people, I don't, damn. People were pissed because it's like, well, you didn't have uh, a trans person play the role, like, and they they made this huge fucking deal about it. And it's like, let's let's be honest. Let's fucking break down things for each other. All right, are you gonna go watch a movie that has Scarlett Johansson in it? Someone that is an amazing actress, someone that's very well known. Or are you gonna get someone that's not as well known that is a trans person to play the role? It's well, like I understand any, having. Well, are there any transgender actors or actresses? Hell yeah, there are. Who? No, here's the thing. Here's the thing. There are a lot of them. Just, okay, oh, you just okay, okay, cool. so like like prime example, Elliot Page or Ellen Page as we once knew. She recent or he came out recently as trans. Who? Good for them. Uh, Ellen Page, uh, Juno. Uh, she was also in uh, or he. I, I don't even know what to fucking call. Uh, I'm so bad when it comes to these things. I try to be respectful, but it's difficult. Uh, keep having to remind myself of the damn pronouns. But uh, Elliot, formerly Ellen Page, because you're not supposed to refer to their old name um, unless you know it's for reference sake, uh, like for this conversation. Um, they were also in Inception. Hmm? Ellen, former Elliot, this is killing me. Elliot Elliot Page, mm-hmm. formerly known as Ellen Page, has been in a lot of freaking movies. And is it uh, I guess, yeah, she was in. They, yeah, they were in Inception. Okay, I'm so sorry for anyone listening that gets sensitive about this stuff. I'm trying to be mindful and respectful. I get it. I may not agree with the PC culture, but I'll I'll, I'll respect someone's wishes to identify however they want. Uh, yeah. I'm really bad at this. So if I screw this up, please forgive me, okay? I'm part of the learning generation, okay? Word. <laughs> no, so, but yeah, there are there are a lot of trans uh, actors and actresses out there. Hmm. Okay. But I can understand from the, from the money perspective, you know, having, you know, uh, having worked in, in film before, I understand the nature of the beast, okay? And there's a lot of money and there's a lot of different moves that have to be involved with this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And one of the things is you want a predominant actor or actress in your movie, right? There's a lot of, like, for example, Bruce Willis. For the last few years, he's been in a lot of straight-to-DVD, low-budget action. Well, not low-budget. He gets a shitload of money. He's been in a lot of these uh, action movies that are straight-to-DVD. And 
or straight to Netflix now, I guess. But, yeah, you know, and the whole premise behind them is that they're not very good movies, but they have Bruce Willis in them. Yeah. So they get a lot of people watching them, even though the production quality is crap, the acting quality is crap. He's con- contractually all obligated only to work two days. That's it. So all the shots in the movie that that he didn't do that, you know, it's he has a body double for right. because they, they didn't they couldn't have him for the, all those days. So they literally have to structure an entire movie around the days that they have him. You know, that's kind of the nature of the beast of Hollywood. You, you, you know, you, you want to push a movie out. You have to get a big name involved in order to get funding. Oh yeah. You know, so I understand why that is the way it was. And I don't think it's such a bad thing to kind of promote like, Oh, here's this thing we want to promote. And this is how we're going to do it. We're going to get this predominantly well-known star to star in this movie. And that will help raise awareness. And yeah, it's like, well, you're not you're not letting minorities or or you're not letting the trans people. It's like, all right, prime example. Have you ever seen Orange is the New Black? Uh, yeah, a few, a few times, like a few episodes. I, I fucking love that show. Mm-hmm. And one of the characters in the show, their character is trans, and the actress is trans as well. And I, it was very fitting for the character. Right. And that's something where it would work. Um, a show like that where a lot of the cast members aren't super well known to the world, but it was a very very popular show. Right. It kind of works in that situation, but a big budget or a larger budget Hollywood film that's being produced like that, it's not going to carry the same weight because, yeah, you might have a a subsection of people that want to go see this movie just because of the subject matter. A much larger of the population will not go watch the movie because they're not familiar with any of the people. Right. And that's that's just how it is. You know, it's kind of like like with Kanye uh, to kind of transition over to music. Kanye, every time the Grammys come up, he's always talking shit, and it's like, oh, they should let black people win this, that, and the other. And it's like, yeah, there's some, there's some, some black artists that make some amazingly good music, but you got to remember, there's a shitload of other people too. And the one thing I will agree with Kanye, it's, it's, it's a money thing. It always comes down to money. You're buying the spot, really. Um, and just to throw this out, um. I've been loving the weekend's new album after hours. I think it's fucking amazing. It's That's nice, just... yeah, it is nice. Oh, but you know, anyway. going on with what you said about you know, you know, the transgender actors and actresses or you know, wherever they, however they fall in. Because once again, I'm not, I'm not very PC. Um, you know, and, and I just think a, a person is a person. I don't give a fuck, you know, what yeah. they identify with or whatnot. But. That goes. That's one of the things that irritates me when it comes to those types of movements. It's like, yo, they, the get, cancel culture behind it. Yeah, well, you get you get a movie coming out about, and like I said, you know, you've got the you know this this movie you're talking about, you know, with Carl Johansson playing a transgender role. It's like you're getting a movie made that brings light to your. I guess you. I don't know how to say culture. Um, your, your, your um, uh, living style. Your cause I, or yeah, whatever. You know, how, I, I, I guess I don't know how to word it, but you're giving light yeah. brought to it. What does it matter if the person playing the role is a trans transgender? Like I said, if we're talking about this or not, it does. It to me, it doesn't matter. I mean, there's been plenty of there's been plenty of actors and actresses that played roles like. You have straight men or straight women playing roles of a, a hetero or a homosexual, and they're not in the least, they're oh, yeah. not in the least bit homosexual. 
or, or Matthew McConaughey won an Oscar yeah, for and it. They're not, even, they're not even homosexual or lesbian. And it's like, what does it matter? You know, it's like, I, I you know, I guess, I mean, I, I guess I can get it, but I get of these different groups complaining about, well, you know, well, I think we should be represented by somebody who's actually, you know, this, this, and that. Okay, first of all, there may not be someone that is, you know, uh, uh, homosexual or lesbian that is a top name actor or actress. So therefore, like you said, going back to, you know, why some people, why like uh, like a like a show like uh, Orange is the New, or what is it? Orange is the New yeah. Black, yeah. Orange is the New Black, you try to do that like on a movie scale and you try to use those same type of actors and actresses, it may not do very well. Because the simple fact is, like you said, if you have people that are that are, that are not known, they're not, you know, big names. You're not going to get the you're not going to get the the big box box office payout. Now, people people might you know after some people go and watch it, or they start getting reviews on it, people may 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 go watch it later, or they might just say, you know, I'm just going to wait for this to come out on Netflix, or wait till it comes out on DVD, and then I'll watch it. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, it's one of those things like. If the message is getting out there, if, if 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 there's being a light shown on your cause or whatever whatever the case may be at the time, take it. Take it. That you opens know, up so that opens the doorway up for things later down the road. Me and the missus, one of our favorite shows to watch was Shits Creek. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So and I'm kind of in agreement with, with her is that the you've seen Shits Creek, right? I've seen a couple episodes. I've, I so really the cr- so one of the leads of the show, and he's also a create the creator of the show, David Levi. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's gay, and he also plays a gay character, or I guess his character is bisexual. I don't fucking yeah. know. Um, he's a great actor. Specification, like dude. The dude's funny as yeah. fuck, and there's a relationship with a male character that he also enters, and it's so. Wait, did you say there was a relationship it's, with a male character? That yeah, yeah. So he has a he has a boyfriend, and they eventually get like engaged and stuff. But like, it's not like Will and Grace, where the joke was, "Oh, these guys are gay. Let's laugh because they're so weird and gay." It felt like like it wasn't. It didn't feel like their sexuality was a joke. It just felt like these are two people in a loving relationship, and they have ups downs all around like any other relationship. And it felt so much more grounded and real. Right. And it wasn't like making fun or light of. Of whatever it was that's the thing that we kind of need is the nor- normalization you know you want to get people like not being like bigoted this that and the other instead of like trying to force this education like use proper pronouns this that and the other and i you know you're such a hateful piece of shit you know we should burn your house down like that kind of shit's not gonna fucking help at all right. all right you gotta normalize the shit you gotta show people like hey this shit's normal this this 2020 fucking get used to it you know we don't need to see these fucking crazy parades with people fucking shoving like dildos like and tossing them around like fucking confetti oh my God. you know it's no we started we... on that shit <laughs> it's like i'm fine with the parade like but not on that level because you're promoting the sexuality and not just the humanity element of it you know love is love it doesn't have to be just straight sex all the time you yeah know? i think that what gets me about that you know and, and like the whole the whole gay movement the lg what is it lgb lbg lgbtq plus yeah that stuff um i think what gets me about it is you know it's it's like they're trying to 
they're trying to they're forcing it on on everybody. Okay, they talk about well, you know, you know, gay should you know, gay should have their have rights and and, and we should be able to do this. And that. I'm like, wait a minute. How about we? How about we like focus on something that actually? And I'm not saying it's not it's not a, it's it's not a legit thing. I'm not that's not a fan. I support it. You know what I'm saying? To a point where you know, hey, if that's what you want to do, if you can get that, great. Go ahead, do what you do what you do, whatever you believe in. You know what I'm saying? That's fine. But when I'm sitting there as a black man and seeing that black people are still struggling to get basic human rights, you know, and you're just and you're you're just getting upset because the law hasn't been changed or it, or there's been a law saying that uh, against same-sex marriages, this and that, which that has been reversed. And I guess, you know, because I think um, Barack had um, uh, was it was Barack, right, that put that in, same-sex marriage. He, he had a, he had a, he was a big advocate for it. I can't remember off the top of my head if he, it was ultimately the Supreme Court. I remember there was some shit that went down in California uh-huh. where it was approved and then denied and back and forth a lot. Um I'm so surprised that it's even a discussion anymore. And I'm not saying that to like, oh, just shut the hell up. No, 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 no. It's 2020. I, in my lifetime, all right, I'm going to throw these words out there, but I'm not trying to be disrespectful when I say them. We used to call people gay and faggot and all mm-hmm. these things in, in school as an insult. But we didn't realize, you know, when you're just a kid and like middle school, and yeah. shit, like how bad and hurtful that was. As I've gotten older, gone through high school and a lot more people are openly gay. Now it's like, less and less people are still coming out of the closet they're still coming to terms with their sexuality and stuff but since in my lifetime alone it's become a lot more accepted so even when this last election cycle hit for nevada and there was um one of the propositions was even though it's legal to gay marriage is legal here there was still a vote to change the constitution in nevada so our state constitution to allow it and it's like why is this even a thing? I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, glad it's there. I mean, if it needs to be fixed, it needs to be fixed. But like, it's it's crazy to think that that is like this this thing that we're still we're still caring about. I think that the LGBTQ plus elemental P though that community has made great strides. They still have a long way to go, but they've made these great strides. Uh, but when it comes to like you know uh, like the black communities, <laughs> it's like we hear this all the time. I mean, a lot less since COVID's, you know, happened, but like, I remember like the last four or five years, there'd there'd be some kind of crazy shooting and the straw that broke the camel's back uh, was George Floyd, you know, you know, and it's like, that's, that's, it's that, that culture that we, we talked about this. And if, if you guys follow us on Patreon, you get access to the conversations that we've had during our testing. So you can hear that whole spiel. But it's like that it's that whole culture behind, you know, and the whole crazy legalities and insurance costs and, you know, covering this, that and the other for any cops doing bad things that are tied to the cities, blah, 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 blah. That's the shit that's like that is like, why is that normalized? That should not be normalized. Why? Why when I hear something like this on the news or or if there's a trending live stream from Facebook of sh- someone getting shot in their car? I don't I don't think we talked about this. There was a guy in the car with his girlfriend. I think they had their their kid in the back seat. He told the police officer, this Asian dude, just so you know, I have a weapon on me. I have a concealed carry permit. I'm going to take my weapon out and I'm gonna put it on the dash just so that you're aware that it's there. And he notified him of this, went to pull the weapon out to put it down on the dash. The cop shot him dead. And it's like. Why, like, how in the fuck, like, and it, the thing that's fucked up that I have to acknowledge is the fact that, yeah, does it happen everywhere? Yeah. 
but it's promoted so much more in the media um, for when it's like different races. Okay. Cause, and I'll say this, white people do some really fucking, yeah. we do some really crazy shit. Yeah. All right. Like the fucking, the dude that did uh, the Las Vegas shooting was a white guy. And he could, and there's theories if he was radicalized, it's that and the other, who fucking knows, but everyone does really weird fucked up shit. But when it comes down to this, uh, this like authority thing, that was an Asian guy that shot that dude, you know? Yeah. It's, I don't think it's tied to necessarily a color thing. It's tied towards um, like these police departments and stuff, building these profiles on people and kind of going after them, yeah. you know, based upon these stereotypes and shit. It's like, you might be telling me, that you have a concealed carry and you're just showing me your weapon just so I'm more comfortable, but that doesn't fit the profile that like we're kind of at the, at the station led to believe, Yes, you know? And I, and I completely agree with that. Um, and I remember watching uh, a video somebody had posted on Facebook. This was probably a few months back. Um, actually, no, it was longer than that. Cause I think it was before the pandemic, but uh, a situation where, um, Cops got called out to a residence, uh, and it was um, actually it was, a, it was a lady across the street. Uh, lady across the street called called the cops on a black family uh, across the street from her. And what it was was that um, okay, so what had happened was they uh, were expecting a package, right? The black family expecting a package. Now this is now this situation has happened a couple times before. For whatever reason, uh, and they could track their, you know, because you know, er, you know, everything's tracked by a tracking number now, right? Well, for whatever yeah. reason, and like I said, it's happened a couple times before to them. They delivered their package to the street across to the house across the street. Oh. Well, the um, the mother, um, the black lady, you know, tracked it, seen it, and saw the guy drop dropped it off, and you know, said that it was delivered. So she went over. She had knocked on the door. Uh, no one answered the door. And so she looked at the package, had her name on it. So mm. she, what does she do? She picks her package up and goes back to her house. Well, the woman, the, the uh, white woman that was that, that was at the residence that she took the package from was in the backyard. Uh, and her, uh, of course, her ring door, or it was either ring or she had the ADT. I don't know what which which one. Anyways, got a notification that someone's at the front door. Um, so then she opens up the camera, sees the woman grab grab the package. Never seen her. Of course, she knocked on the door. She didn't ring the doorbell. She just knocked on the door. And then she just sees her, picks the package up, and takes off. So she calls the cops. So she's saying, she's like, well, yeah, they they stole my they stole my mail. This is not. So cops show up to the house. So they're they're going at it like look she's like look here's the package shows him the package right this is my house my residency see the number on there this is the number to my house she's like they've done this this is like the second or third time they've done that um, and I guess the, the the times they did before the lady wasn't home they just went out and grabbed the package or I think they what they did was they they I think they they um no what they did was uh when they when they went to deliver the package. They they went out and, and um you know uh, met with the delivery driver and said hey wait a minute you know use the package to so and so address and like yeah he's like well that's the wrong that's the wrong address and she gave provided her identification um and and the uh, tracking number and everything so they're like oh yeah my our mistake 
and it wasn't like a it wasn't like a big name uh delivery. It wasn't UPS, it wasn't FedEx, uh it wasn't it was it was some kind of uh, other I think like third party delivery service. So anyways, so the cops are there and you know somebody's recording it of course. And there's you know, hey nowadays you better record record when you have any kind of dealings with the cops. Anyways the husband comes home. Now the husband comes home, he parks his truck in the driveway, gets out of his truck, sees the cops and everything. You know, walks in because his wife's talking to him. So he goes walk goes to walk in the house, and the cops see that he has a gun on him. Now, oh. so the cop was like, "Hey, hey, hey! You stop right there! You stop right there!" He's like, "For what?" He's like, "Well, because you got your weapon on it. You know, we need, you know, we need to, um, you know, take the weapon so that way we can we can start talking." He said, first of all, this ain't got a damn thing to do with me." He's like, "My wife already texted me, told me what was going on. She's handling it. I don't need to be out here." He's like, well, for our sake, this. and then he, st- he starts getting an argument with this guy. He says, first of all, you're on my property. You know what I'm saying? I didn't call you. If you got called here, that's that's fine, but you're you're on my property. I just got off of work. Uh, he told him where he, where he worked at, what he does, and he it, at his job, he's required to carry he's required to carry a firearm. He said, I have, he said, I, and, uh, you know, so they're going through this. He said, we, he said, first of all, did you even ask me to identify myself, number one? Number two, did you even ask if I have paperwork to carry this weapon, he said, I've got my paperwork. He's like, well, uh, he's all I need to see. He said, I don't have to show you anything. He said, number one, because I'm on my property. I'm standing in my I'm standing in my house. And he was literally standing in the front door. He said, I'm standing in my house. And he said, You have no he said, You have no legal right to tell me to come out here with my firearm and you know and and try to take my firearm from me. And so there's like this big whole spill. I mean, nothing, nothing ended up happening. And but of course, what ended up happening? The supervisor comes out and tells, tells the officers, "Hey, you guys, first of all, is the situation taken care of for the reason why you're out here?" He's like, "Well, yeah, we got that. Okay, then you guys need to leave." And that's what the supervisor like. He's like, "You guys need to leave. He's like, you're on the guy's property." He's like, "He said he he, he, said, he has the paperwork." He said, "If he doesn't want to show you, he doesn't have to show you, because he's not breaking any laws." He said, "Now, if you're suspecting of doing something, tell him what you suspect him of." And then read him his rights and go from there. And so the the other oh, officers were like, he's like, well, he's like, I just, you know, say, well, I just think it's done because you know we gotta, we don't know what you know what the situation or what his situation or what his intents are and this and that. And the guy was like, his intent was to go into his house after he got off of work. What is the problem? <laughs> and it was like, and I'm I'm listening to the supervisor go off on his two officers like, what is your problem? He's going home. Like you're standing out, you're standing out front in the front yard with the the person that you was the cop that you were called out here to talk to originally. He doesn't have anything to do with this. And so, like they and they, they went back, like I said, then the woman and like the video cut, and then why it cut was because the woman played it back to when her husband came home, and and he felt that he uh. never he never even engaged with the officers. He walked right up to his wife. Kissed her on the kiss on cheek, said, "Hey, babe," and then and started walking in the house, and that's when the officers engaged with him. And so, like it was like, like I said, it was a big thing. It was like, like, dude, see, and, and that's and, and like I said, that's that's one of the things that that escalates some of the stuff. You know, it's just like you know, you get these officers that are out here that, like you said, a lot of them are on that power trip. You know, they think that just because they got that uniform and that badge that they can they they can do anything they want to. 
that's what so i'm not like anti oh no i'm not not like defund the police but i do think that we need to hold these guys accountable like that that's where kind of where i'm coming from it's like the defund the thing that's probably taken in a bit too far you know i mean that's if anything you don't need to defund the police if anything you need to put money into the into the departments for education and rehabilitation yeah uh yeah, that and and as well the uh, the third party um, uh, auditing. Oh, uh, yeah, like yeah. like I understand they have internal investigations, but when it comes to more legal things that you know, like if if someone sues the city because the police or whatever, you know, it shouldn't be the city and the police department like doing these investigations themselves. Right. You know, no, that never. It, it needs to be. Yeah. I mean, every once in a while you get, uh, you get somebody that's like, "Hey, look, I don't care if you're a cop, I don't care." What situation with civilian? You know, this is this is what happened. This is my job. What I'm supposed to do. I'm going to approach you. You know, the same way I would approach anybody else who breaks the law. You know, I'm going to investigate the situation. If I find that you did, you were wrong, or uh, um, going going beyond your duties, or abusing your authority, then I'm going to hammer you just like I would hammer anybody else. You didn't get fucked up. Oh yeah, so I'm. It's so funny. I'm looking at our show notes, and it's it's kind of uh, very blissful the fact that we've gotten as off topic as we have. I know, I know. Um, that, yeah. But we have stuck with things pretty pretty damn yeah. close. So, but it's it's good. That's that's all purpose of these these shows, man. Is is we is we we real talk, man. It's like the title. We just give it to you guys straight. Yeah. Um, it's like, it's like yeah so like it's so funny because like. I'm reading this. It's like I want to talk about education and the, the government PPE loan bullshit. And <laughs> all right, so let's try to wrap this this first one up. Um, Nate Robinson. Oh Jesus! What is the all right? So I don't. I know a bit about Jake Paul. I don't know a whole lot about the NBA star, or even if he was a star, or just a bench player. Oh, no, you know he what was, I mean, he was, what's he was what's okay, the deal? Well, so okay, Nate Robinson. Um, let's see. He had um. Trying to think when he came into the league. He came to the league uh, 2005. Uh, he played from 2005 to 2018. Um, he uh, started off with the New York Knicks, where you know he really, you know, I mean, he came in the league like on fire. Uh, you know, he was he's five nine, uh, so he's one of the smaller, smallest, uh, not the smallest, but one of the smaller players um, to play in the NBA. Uh, he was picked first round, twenty first overall. Uh, he was selected by the, the Phoenix Suns, but I think they had, I think they had traded him uh, to the Knicks on draft day. Uh, so he ended up playing, starting his career with the, with the New York Knicks. Uh, played with the Boston Celtics, uh, Oakland City Thunder, the Golden State Warriors. Uh, he played for Chicago, where he kind of revitalized his career because uh, the year he played for for Chicago, I mean, he was just. Oh man, he was just disgusting. I mean, he was dunking <laughs> on people. I mean, he was just doing. I mean, he was doing everything. Um, and it was, it, it was nice. I loved watching him play. Uh, he's a funny dude, like real funny. He cracks me up. Um, uh, he's, I think, a. Mm, let me make sure. I want to say he's a three-time slam dunk champion. Uh, which is crazy because he's. Five freaking nine. Uh, I think the smallest player to ever win was Bugs or not Bugs, uh, Spud Webb. I think Spud Webb was five, 
Uh, maybe he's five six, five seven. I don't think he was five. Hmm. I, I, think he's, I think he's shorter than. I think he was shorter than um, Nate Robinson. Anyways, but anyways, but I know he's a he's a multi he's a multi uh, slam dunk champion. Uh, and like I said, oh yeah, nice. So I mean, he's, he's, like I said, he's a good guy, good player. Uh, I mean, he can't slam punches no, worth of shit. No, no. <laughs> he, uh, like I said, I didn't know anything about about this. Like I didn't know what was going on. Yeah, because you know the main fight was the uh, Tyson um, Jones fight. Mike Tyson and Ward Jones. Yeah. Out, so out, let me out. real quick. Let me preface. I didn't see the fight at all. I've seen like the I've seen the jokes and the memes about him getting like knocked out cold. I'm still but trying to find a video of, of him showing the fight. I still haven't seen the I still haven't seen a video. Because I didn't even know it was happening. Because I know that the Paul brothers are like notorious for like yeah like shit talking online and then they call people out and they want to do fights and stuff. And the Paul brothers are these guys that have taken YouTube by storm. And I don't know if you've ever seen any of their content. It's really bad. And their content is literally just designed to pad out time so they can get advertiser dollars on YouTube and stuff. And then at the same time, they want to be able to get, um, to sell their merch to, to children. Like, cause they're, let's be real. Like their fan base is children, uh, there's a lot more crazy history that goes goes on with the two of them. Like uh, Logan Paul, the older uh, one, he videotaped a dead body and uploaded it on what? YouTube because that, yeah. And then he was fucking surprised that people reacted. The, yeah, he was at the suicide forest in Japan and there was some guy, I guess, that hung himself and he like recorded like laughing and shit. Not like, he was like, oh shit, that's crazy, man. You know, but like, come on, dude, like have some respect. Don't even videotape that shit. But he did. That's something that his older brother did. And then, like, oh yeah, so uh, my my ad funding has gone down on YouTube. I was pulled from their partner program, and I think either him or his brother were on some Disney show. They got kicked off of that, and like, oh boo hoo me and stuff. It's like, dude, please. You have like a ten million dollar house. You got cash in the bank. You got honeys like next to you twenty four seven that just want to chase that clout. Get off yourself. Your life isn't that hard. Yeah, you made a fucked up mistake that probably hurt you, but look at a couple years later and you're still doing just fine. Shut the hell up. But yeah, those guys are notorious. Like it was, uh, was it KSI was the other YouTuber that him and Logan Paul or Jake, I don't see, this is how little I pay attention to. I don't even Um. care, but it is funny that um, they've kind of gone out of the element of just YouTube. The fact that an NBA star and some fucking, (laughs) some like man child from YouTube are like getting into beef and boxing. Yeah, see, because I'm still I'm still unclear to how it even it even started, um, but I'm, I'm assuming they were trolling each other on on YouTube or social media somewhere, um, and it kind of got carried to the point where they're like, you know what, let's just let's just get into the boxing ring. Um, I'm looking at it right now. Um, I I I oh oh oh. Okay. Um, yeah, so I just saw Nate go down. Uh, but um the first time he got the first time he got You just saw Nate go down. You're like, oh, oh well, the first time he got he got uh knocked down, uh Paul hit him in the back of the head. Which first of all in boxing, he that you're not supposed to do that. You shouldn't do that. Um and so and then the second time he went down, he went oh there it is. Um, the second time he went down, it, it, he, they kind of got uh, entangled with each other, 
and then he Nate fell down. But this last time when he really got knocked, I mean he got knocked out. That's yeah, he yeah, he knocked him out. He got knocked out. Yeah, he knocked him out, out like 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 Craig did Debo. Um <laughs> he, he caught him, he caught him with a right, he caught him with a right hook. Uh and I could see I mean it was a clean, it was a clean hit. It was a clean hit, it was definitely a clean hit. But he just he caught him right. I mean, he's caught him. He came in. Nate rushed in, and he countered. And uh, it was it was, yeah, yeah. He got him with a nice little right hook. Uh, but yeah. It's, so, okay. My thing is, first of all, I was telling you about. Now I used to box, and you know most people uh, don't really, you know, never really knew that. Um, I, I I boxed amateur, uh, the amateur level. Um, I had a pretty pretty decent record, um, and it's one of those things I'll tell you. You know, you may think you some people think they're just oh I'm a street fighter I can you know I can brawl da da da. Well, boxing is not street fighting. Um, boxing boxing takes skill, um, takes patience. There's yeah. rules. There's you know there's some some professionalism yeah. to it. It's yeah. a sport. Street fighting that's just man, dirty man. shit, fight, man. You just that's survival, like that, man. Like boxing, yeah, I'll, I'll get in the ring and I'll box this and that. Come street fighting, anything goes. If I gotta pick up a baby and hit you with it, I'm gonna do that. You know what I'm saying? As long as it ain't my baby, I mean that's fine. It is what it is. I'm just gonna tell you if, if we get into a if we get into a brawl somewhere, and I'm telling the listeners right now, if you know me or you see me, and I get into a fight somewhere, don't bring your children around because I if I have to pick your child up, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit I'm gonna hit whoever I got to with the child. Anyways, um, so. <laughs> But uh, I could, you're fucking I'm wild, man. Picking up an infant and and knocking somebody out with it, just yeeting that motherfucker, just like, just, dude. Just like straight, like like Keegan <laughs> on walking over the, with the baseball bat with the with the barbed wire around it. But I'm it's a, it's a toddler. But anyways, um, <laughs> but no, I mean it, it takes a lot of skill, and I'll say they. I mean, hey, I mean, I'll give you I'll give you credit for getting in there, but. Bruh, if you only train for like a week <laughs> or if you even a month, you know, I mean, if you've never been in the ring like that, uh, you're taking a big chance. Um, and he got caught. I mean, he got caught. He got caught like he was trying to cross the border by Border Patrol. Um, oh, my God. So, <laughs> he, got caught, like, he got caught by ice, man. And he was working in the kitchen down at the Mile Deli somewhere. And uh, they're like, yeah, you ain't got the papers, so you got the fuck. But um, <laughs> yeah, you bye. Uh, which I, you know, it's, that's in itself is not funny because that. Well, actually, it is. It's kind of funny. Uh, but 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 anyways, um, but no, I, like I said, Nate is phenomenal, phenomenal basketball player. My suggestion: stick to basketball. Stick uh, <laughs> to basketball. Don't yeah, put your job. And my other suggestion is: I wouldn't talk shit to nobody else in the streets. Um, because they gonna know, uh, they gonna knock your ass out. But like I said, I still, I still, I still give him credit for getting out there and doing it. Cause hey, I'm telling you, man, boxing. It, it, even if, even if you are, a, you know, a seasoned boxer, there's always that that one chance. Cause it only takes one punch. It only takes one punch, and and you won't remember what happened the last ten minutes of your, of your life. Oh. Uh, <laughs> That shit's yeah, just it's gone, like, dude. It's like, hey, when did when did I get what? When did I put on shoes? Um, but uh, 
But yeah, it's just yeah, it, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I, like I said, I don't. I'm not. I'm not sure. 100 sure of the backstory of why why that even came about. Um, but it's probably more than likely just internet shit. Talking. I, I mean, I can see that because Nate Nate talks a lot of trash. He talks a lot. He always ever since ever since I started watching him when he came into the league, and even up until now. Matter of fact, he's he's on an episode of uh, NBA. Uh, he's on an uh, episode of 2K TV. Um, from uh, 2K21, the new game that came out, um, and he's on there with. Oh wait! <laughs> oh sorry, no, it's no. Keep going. I'm just thinking of people online bitching. It's true because the whole like they put advertisements right. into the game. Like, like come on, it's a bit. Well, no, well and you still got to pay sixty fucking dollars well, no, for I mean, it. Because because uh, during in the, in the game, like when you're playing your career mode. Or like you know, or yeah. like um, exhibition games. Like, why is the game loading? Up? Well, I think it's more career mode. I don't think they do it on the exhibition games. I don't know. But in career mode, as you're loading the game up, um, their their personal 2K TV, uh, which they have, you know, two hosts, and they come on. They do interviews. Um, they talk. They you know interview like creators of the game. They interview NBA players. You know this, this, and that. And they have like you know little sessions going as the game's loading up. So you get to, you get some information, background, and this that when and and then this particular episode, um, it was Chris Weber, uh, phenomenal um, uh, basketball player, uh, definitely going to be a Hall of Famer. Um, but he was hosting a tournament, um, and it was him and another two K um, uh, player, uh, and they were they were doing a tournament. It was Nate Robinson against um, I think. Uh, I think the host, the one, one of the hosts of the show, and you know they had like a one-on-one tournament, uh, best out of I think four, uh, and and they, I mean he talked trash the whole time that he was playing, and I mean he talked just like he like he talked while he was playing in the NBA, and that's just Nate, you know he's just one of those guys that just talks trash, twenty-four-seven. He probably sleep and talks trash. He's probably taking a shit and talking, talking in the trash to the toilet. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you take like, that. Oh, you gonna take this shit? Yeah, you gonna take this shit? You like that shit? Yeah, I'm talking shit with shit. <laughs> oh, we're going to hell, man. But now that's just, that's just how it is. So I mean, I can see if that's what how they started off. Because uh, I know Jake, uh, I've seen him before. Uh, I remember seeing him on first time. I actually, really, I never, I never really knew who he was. First time I ever saw him was on Ridiculousness with Rob Derrick. And, um, and you know, they showed some videos of him and his brother and then some other stuff. And I was like, oh, okay, whatever. And then that's why I was saying when we started talking about this and he kept saying Jake Paul, I was like, well, hold on, let me look this up. And then I seen him, I was like, holy, oh, that's that dude. I said, like, okay, yeah, I can see why this probably happened. So, yeah, I can see it happening because they, they both talk trash, so whatever. Okay, so this is the part of the show where we wrap up and we want we like to close things off on a introspective and lighthearted note um where we will take your guys's questions comments concerns um the kind of this this ending part which is going to be kind of blank for now but in the future it'll be our community segment where we take questions comments concerns we offer life advice um and actually i would love this but it's up to the viewers I would love to do this uh, nice segment called um, Bad Relationship Advice. 
uh, we're, it's not that it's bad relationship advice. It's just, we're not trained professionals. So we're giving you the best that we got based upon our experiences. So, Hey, hit us with any kind of questions, comments, concerns you guys might have. Uh, you could, you can find me at Mace Valor on Twitter, Instagram, and of course my YouTube channel. And Tim, where, where, where can they find or get a hold of you? And obviously our Patreon, if you, if you are um, a donator on Patreon, you can also contact us there as well. Uh, Tim, where can they find you? Uh, usually in the, at the soup kitchen line. Um, usually, <laughs> 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 I'm usually hanging out in the swimsuit section at Walmart. Uh, just seeing who's who going to be over there trying stuff out. Uh, no, but seriously. Um, yeah, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, at Walmart, <laughs> man, come on. Hey, I don't think you're going to find anything. Once, you know, I mean, you got to be patient. It's like hunting. You know, you got to wait for the right game to come come through um, before you go out there. But <laughs> but uh, anyways, um, right now I have my uh, my coaching uh, Twitter page, uh, which is at, at Coach T uh, Admirals. Um, you can hit me up on Instagram, which I don't know what that is. Uh, <laughs> love it. Yeah, 10 out of 10. Freaking something. <laughs> I love how prepared oh, no. we oh, can. Uh, it's coach T Lawrence admirals on, on Instagram. Uh, you can definitely, we'll, yeah, we'll you drop definitely, links. Yeah, we'll drop links, but you can also definitely, uh, email me at, um, let's see which email do I want to use. Oh, you can email me at got drinks 216 at gmail uh and, and yeah i know right i love that one i always love that one uh i'm not giving out my snapchat i did that once um and i've got some weird no people. no i don't even yeah, ask that some weird some some weird people on there um and i can't delete them and i don't know how to and i'm starting to fear for my life um <laughs> That's a good excuse. I'm I'm gonna use that. Oh, it's like I don't know how to delete this person. Yeah, I, I, actually, I, I don't care enough to. I just don't open it most of the time. So, but um, I'll probably by the time we actually start really doing the distributing of this show, um, I had already planned on um starting a um dedicated Twitter page for this, as well as Instagram. Oh, what am wait? Hold on. What am I? What am I talking about? Hold on. So. Obviously, I did my little shameless plug for my YouTube channel, but there's another podcast out there. I highly recommend you guys go check out Tim. It's called Hey Coach with Coach Tim Simpson. Um, You can find it on Spotify. You can find it on Google um, uh, Podcasts. Basically, wherever podcasts are found, just like with us here. So definitely go go check it. It's it's a really give them a breakdown. What's your podcast about? Uh, well, it's it's basically about um, things you deal with, you know, as far as a coach. But it also it encompasses um, my experience in the military, um, dealing with the, uh, things with the pandemic, um, talking about you know uh, being a father, um, different experiences I've had. Um, I'm really looking forward to the next show because I'll have one of my, my players coming on and we'll be discussing uh, the topic as I believe is uh, top 20 NBA teams not to win a championship. So that's going to be, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that because it's, I just, I love those kind of topics because I'm pretty sure uh, it's going to be some type of heated 
a debate going on. So I'm 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 really looking forward to it. Yeah. Next. So to, obviously this is our nice first sweet little episode. Um, no promises, but we're looking for a guest for next week. So um, I'm reaching out to people. So if we make it happen, we make it happen. If not, then the week later. Uh, it is busy because of the holidays, but but we'll get something nice for you guys. I As always, I could probably what? Come on. <laughs> there's a railroad. There's a railroad uh, track around here. I'm pretty sure I can find a vagrant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did. Tim, Tim, is your how old is how, your house? How old is my house? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know when this bitch was born. <laughs> Well, I just didn't know if they were still building in houses in Kansas or so, but they turned it into a landfill well, yet. I'm, I'm petitioning. I'm petitioning oh. for it. Um, <laughs> no, I've never been to Kansas, so no. I can't really talk shit on it. I can talk no. shit on Nevada, though. This place fucking sucks. I mean, there's really not much here. I mean, you got, you know, the populated areas, but most times, if you have to drive anywhere, you're you're going to be seeing either some hills or flat grounds. Um, I could have sworn I seen Dorothy and Toto. Um, playing in the field one at a time. And I think the tin man or the or the cowardly lion were trying to bang her out or something. Okay, so as <laughs> always, I'm your oh so glorious and beloved Mace Valley. And I am the lovable, dangerous, mysterious, and very handsome Tim. <laughs> Bird. Uh, All right, you guys have a good one. Thank you.